Welcome to Wizard Team, a Harry Potter cast for true Potterheads. Each week we discuss a chapter from the series with all of our knowledge of the world of Harry Potter. Be warned, this is a spoiler-heavy podcast. I'm Robin. And I'm Bayana. We're really excited to go through all these chapters and discuss our thoughts and feelings about the book. Today we are discussing chapter 21 of Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, Hermione's Secret, a.k.a. Time travel. What? Timey-wimey. A lot Timey of people t- like to think of time travel as, or time as linear, you know, a series of cause to effect. But in actuality, it's a big ball of wibbly, wobbly, wobbly timey-wimey stuff. Y'all, we're about to get so into this time discussion, and I'm, I'm ready for it. I'm prepared. She's about to nerd out. This is, like, the best reason to interrupt my loot cage binge <laughs> i haven't started yet i just knew i knew when it dropped last night i stopped i was i was watching um i'm like on this like mock the week binge right now which is this uh british show and you can watch it on youtube and like all i was doing work and, it, and i looked up and it was midnight and i stopped everything and went to netflix and then saw that it was on netflix and i was like lit and then I was like, I'm not going to start that, though. <laughs> I need to go to bed. But I just need to make yeah. sure. I wasn't staying up until 2 to do that. I was like, I know when I wake up, it'll be there. <laughs> I just wanted to, I wanted to make okay. sure. Yeah. After right, the, exactly. The Solange Knowles and the Bony there, I just needed, I can't do all of that with my emotions today. Today is a great day, guys. Anyway, um, by the way, we're recording on a Friday. <laughs> <laughs> in case y'all were unaware confused, at this point um, um of when luke cage dropped um anyway time so we are time traveling from the past to the future we have some announcements and reminders we want this podcast to be interactive i want to know your thoughts so please feel free to tweet along with us use the hashtag wizard team on tumblr nope on twitter mm-hmm. to follow along you can also use the hashtag on tumblr but hashtags don't mean anything on tumblr um also, you guys probably are, like, this has probably been recorded for months before you get here. Hi! Um, we got a lot of new, like, people tweeting and stuff, and it's been so much fun. And, like, hearing people, like, mention stuff from, like, episode three or Man, something. it's really <laughs> been, like, it's really been a challenge. Not really a challenge, but, like, a test of, like, my memory. Because <laughs> people, like, sometimes people, like, ask questions, and I'm like, yo, <laughs> this was, like, a year ago. I gotta really think. Like, what? I don't even know. Or, like, sometimes I'm like, oh, I remember that. Or people will, like, quote stuff that I forgot that I said, but I know it's some shit I said. You know what I mean? You hear them and you're like, yeah, I did say that. That's always really fun. That's always really good. Like, someone tweeted about the, like, friends don't let white friends wear dreadlocks. Yeah, and I was like, that's true. That's true, though. (laughs) Stand by that. I remember saying it, but (laughs) it's a thought that I've had on multiple occasions. Yep. Um, sure. I'm sure that's not the only time I've said it. Yep. Um, all right. So back to this episode of Wizard Team. Have you ever wondered what it would be like to be black at Hogwarts? Do you want to write about it? We are working on a project called Hogwarts BSU, a collection of stories, fan art, etc., illustrating what it would be like to be a black Hogwarts student. If you would like to submit, check out the website for guidelines. Love our blog. Love Wizard Team. Have a few extra galleons lying around. Consider becoming a patron. Starting with Goblet of Fire, we will be video recording the Wizard Team episodes, and patrons will have access to those videos. Um, at $5 a month, you can get the video the Tuesday before the episode drops, and at 
$10 a month, you will be able to watch us record live and see all of our mishaps and fun things. <laughs> our um, shenanigans. Our shenanigans. Our yeah. faces. The faces is really what it's all about. I fully expect to be turned into a gif eventually. Oh, no. I didn't even it's think of that. Make, it's going to make sure my, my hair is good. My hair is cute. <laughs> That's all that matters. Not ready for that. <laughs> oh, no. Um, okay. If you want to support us, but you don't have the funds to do so, or even if you do, this is just an equal opportunity support situation here. Um, <laughs> you can rate and review us on iTunes. Um, yeah, that way we get like some more, like hopefully we get more listeners that way, more additions to the team. Also, we just want you to say nice things about us. I mean, you know, if you don't like us and you're like, why do I even still listen to Wizard Team 58 episodes in? I don't know. You can leave that review, but also I mean, you could do something else review, with your, but, life, with your like, life at that point. Right? Because that's, yeah. that's like over 100 hours of listening to some shit you don't like. I feel like at that point, just look inside yourself. Yeah. Um, well, I'm like, something. Introspection. <laughs> right. There's so many things. Um, also, subscribe to our newsletter. Most weeks we share nerd news and links to what's been going on. So if you want to be in the know, be sure to subscribe. You can go to blackgirlsnerdout.com. Um, and you can also subscribe at tinyletter.com slash BGNO. Oh, and, and sorry, sorry. Um, <laughs> this week, last week was our last week of Tuesday, Thursday post. Oh yeah. Um, we will still be posting. We just don't know the new schedule yet because we have a lot of things we want to do. Um, and ridiculous schedules coming up. Ridiculous schedules oh happening and coming up and we just don't, we can't commit to the one post a week for each of us, but we will figure out the new schedule and let you guys know when we do that. So yes, y'all will be the first to know. <laughs> um, as we wrap up book three, we are going to do a live tweet of Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, the movie. Um, so join us Saturday, October 15th at 6 PM Pacific time. Um, as we watch the movie, we can you can use the hashtags wizard team and HPPOA um, to tweet along. Twelve years. Twelve years of it. In Azkaban. Yeah, this I part. Like this Azkaban part because you're like, oh, where else would you have done your waiting? Right. <laughs> Obviously. Sorry. Continue. I don't know. Um. <laughs> I don't know at this point at that point it's pretty clear where Sirius has been for those 12 years it's fine though it's a great line um though that hot take and others during this live tweet we (laughs) want to hear your thoughts and feelings along with our own and then after that we'll do a wrap-up episode of where we recap like the whole book and compare it to the movie and like there will be feelings and like yelling and and spreadsheets and spreadsheets because that's also when we uh figure out who um won the book and who lost the book um right now remus is very in a very clear lead um so i'm predicting that that will stay that way because it's pretty high um you can if we have two more chapters two more chapters like literally though one this is only if y'all vote um Mm -hmm. but two at this point 
Sorry, I had to pull it up because oh. y'all know how I love this is a it's long chapter. And like also, um, this is also another incentive for you to join the Wizard Team Facebook group because I posted a link to the spreadsheet so you can actually look at it. Um, right now, Remus is 29, so almost 30 points ahead of the second place person. So oh, y'all really can't fuck it up. You can, but I if you do, that's just, I mean, you know, again, introspection and is important um my contact is falling out sorry that being said <laughs> follow us on twitter at we black and nerds like us on facebook at black girls nerd out follow us on tumblr and instagram at black girls nerd out um and join the wizard team facebook group if you would like to talk about harry potter things without the 140 character limit um and become a patron so you can see my contact fall out and we put it in in real time life. it's gross but hey Doing it live. Um, um, so Potter fandom in. news. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Chamber of Secrets, the illustrated edition, just dropped yesterday, October fourth. Shout out! I pre-ordered it. I didn't. So I think we're in the opposite situation as we were the last time. Yeah, because last time I pre-ordered it and you didn't have it, and then it's the same thing. This I I know it's happening. Um, I just haven't done it yet. I'm excited for it. I'm definitely yeah. buying it. So I did this uh, user group thing uh, or this user testing and I, someone, I was, I'm in a, I'm a community manager. So I'm in a lot of like community and talks and whatever. And someone dropped this thing and I was just like, yeah, I like to give my opinions and I get $35. That's cool. Um, so I got a $35 Amazon gift card and I was like, I know what I'm doing with this. Hell yeah. I'm on a, I'm on a $35 yeah. Amazon gift card. Dude, user testing is so easy. You just like go on these websites. And you're like, this is stupid. I wouldn't be using this. Move this feature. Why is this button like this? And you just, yeah. I don't know. It's fun. Anywho. Um, okay. Well, other news is that the final Fantastic Beast trailer dropped, I guess, last week at this point. Um, yeah, I mean, it was pretty cool. It was lit. I still feel a way about them, about them not creating a new theme song um for fantastic beasts like they use the harry potter one and i'm like y'all just are trying to get at my feelings but then i know it so it kind of makes me salty um i don't think that that's totally all that it is i think i just want them to be more original um anyway the trailer though was really cool huh i mean it's a lot lazy let's be honest it's a it's a lot it's lazy um it is i didn't watch the trailer because i've reached like peak fantastic beast where I'm going to go see it. it. I signed up for the fan thing. I might have to do something. I might have to just take out these contacts. Um, sorry. I signed up for the fan um, screening. So I hopefully get to go see it early, a couple of days early, like in a fan. That's cool. Uh, yeah, you know, how, you know me and my screenings, my advanced screenings. Mm-hmm. Um, I am going to see it. I know. I just don't want to see anything else. I just, I want to, I, I don't want, I, I feel like we've had however many trailers drop and however many things. And, right. So I, just I think, yeah, you know they, what, I feel like they it. kind of overdid it with the marketing of it. And we've talked about this and um, we're going to do bonus episodes. I think two, we're going to do like a pre and post Fantastic Beasts, like whatever thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think the, I think it was fine. It was like a regular trailer. Um, there were some interesting things in it. We got to see the inside of the um, briefcase. 
there was a mention of Grindelwald, which How does that work? Weird to exactly. It was weird to me. Like on the one hand, I'm like, oh, it's cool. There's like a connection to other stuff. But then on the other hand, this is set in the 20s, and Grindelwald came like was like at the height of. I had to double check. That's the thing. Like I heard it, and I had like went back to make sure that I heard right. And then I was like, but wasn't he in the 40s? And then I had to go double check in case I was tripping. But no, his like big like his like height of his power was in 1945, and that's like around the time that Dumbledore defeated him. So then I'm like, was he in power for 20 to 30 years in Britain, like or just in Europe? Because I don't think he ever made it to Britain. Um, and Dumbledore let Homeboy stay out there for 30 years, just freaking havoc. It was weird. Um, yeah. I think this is one of those things where she, like, doesn't go back and really check her source material. And that's why it's weird. And so that was the other thing is that I saw, like, later on Twitter is that people were, like, really excited about They were, like, they, like other people clocked the Grindelwald mention or whatever. And they were, like, are we going to see Grindelwald and Dumbledore? And I was, like, why would that make sense? Yeah. One within the scope of the I mean, story. There could be- and then also, like, just on the, the timeline on its own, it was confusing in the story, or maybe Joe will explain it at some point and, like, give us a more detailed timeline of Grindelwald's rise. Because, again, we don't have, like, the actual dates, so it could per- make sense. Um, it could just kind of from like, um, when Voldemort was off in Romania or Albania or whatever, um, kind of gaining knowledge and getting better at like dark magic it could be a mention like he was in he maybe Grindelwald went to America and reached no. the habit there mm-hmm. because no. they, the way that they mentioned it was like y'all know how Grindelwald is in Europe that was basically what it is I gotta double check obviously that's paraphrasing because that's not oh. how they spoke but um they're like they like the they literally like mentioned Grindelwald in Europe doing some shit Okay. That was what it was. So then it was, and it was like in comparison to like we don't we don't play that in America. Y'all know mm-hmm. how it is in Europe with Grindelwald and he wreaking havoc and lost his goddamn mind. That was basically what it was. And I was like, that's cool, but also timeline is a little off. Um, it's fine. We'll actually see when the actual movie comes out. Um, yeah. and I know they just dropped that for, and that's the other thing they dropped it so that we would be like, oh my god, they mentioned him a lot. Dumbledore, what's gonna happen? That might not even be in the movie, and we just got played. Exactly. So you know, it's cool. Um, let's get into why we're here. Don't we have a magical birthday? I feel like next week. No. Is that we don't? Too early. I already checked. Mm-mm. Are you sure? Yep, we shouted out McG last week. Okay. Then let's get into it. Yep. Why we're here. Why we are here. Are we going to do it? Already, it already went down before midnight tonight. Wait, we shouted out McG. It was better than her birthday on the 4th. Oh, man. I messed it up. Just in the middle of the episode. I'm sorry. My goodness. SMH. Listen. Um, yeah, we shouted it out because it was the episode, because it was, I mean, it was yesterday, so we can say it again, but the way that we did it is that we shouted it out as like, because it was in between last episode and this one. Ah. So, yeah. Okay. I understand. I'm sorry. I was like, I saw a birthday on my calendar. Yeah. And I'm like, we talked about it. And I was just like, 
I don't believe you because that's how I roll. Okay, let's get into it. The reason that we're here, like I was saying, I'm trying to amp people up. And Robin's like, but wait, but didn't we, girl? Hey. The reason why we're here already went down at midnight, right? It went down before midnight tonight. And we thought, oh shit, that's it. Peter's gone off to Voldemort. It's a wrap. Keep moving on. No. No. We're going back before midnight, y'all. Guys. It's going down again. Really need to get on these Patreon rewards because if you could see what just went down. It's going on. It's going down again, y'all. It's going down again. I'm ready. But first, before it goes down. She's channeling um, Hotep Ernie with them claps, some soft claps. Y'all. But before it goes down. Last week. We have, oh, I wasn't even going to do that. But yeah, yeah. so previously on Wizard Team, sorry, you, that was a good reminder. I forgot. Um, she got all of her feelings. She was I did, excited. and I was prepared. I was rep- I was like, pre- I was about to, so- to like soft toss it to you. Uh, you know what I mean? I was about to pass it, and then you were going to knock it out. But first, we should do it previously. You're right. Um, timelines, y'all. Timey-wimey. This is what's happening. We're running around in circles. Um, so they got out of the Whomping Willow. Remus got hit by the moonlight and turned into a werewolf. Sirius got him out of the way. Peter escaped. Snape is still knocked the fuck out. And then um, the Dementors come, a hundred of them. A hundred of them. A hundred come through. And out of nowhere, why the fuck were there a hundred Dementors in the first place? Who the fuck knows? No one knows. Um, So they came. If the Dementors were a corporation or like a business, they would be considered a small to medium business. It's not no startup shit. You got a hundred employees. Plus. <laughs> We're almost yeah. on an enterprise level. Mm-hmm. Come on. hundred. About to incorporate and shit. About to incorporate. At a school? This is a school. Yeah. We haven't had, we had to bust that one out in a while. We haven't had one of those in a minute. But this is a school, goddammit. Yeah. A hundred Dementors. A hundred. Well, not a hundred. A hundred. I'm mad. Yeah. Okay, continue. Sorry. Um, so they uh, get to Sirius, try to give him a kiss, and then Harry and Hermione run after him, and then they try to give them kisses, because also, you know, they got no chill. More, more human souls. Yum. It's a feast. Um, but something drives them in towards back. Uh, it's a Patronus. Harry doesn't see who um, did it, but he has some ideas, and we will find out who we thought that that was. In the chapter. Now, all this time travel is about to happen, right? But first, guess who we got to deal with? This motherfucker right here. Are we doing this? ass Snape. We're doing this. Okay. I mean, actually, two motherfuckers, actually. Do you want to, who do you want to take? You want to take Fudge since you hate him? You want to take Fudge since you hate him the, like, least of the two? Yeah, because I don't think I'd be able to, like, do Snape without being... I, I have right. so many... Because it just goes points. back and forth at the beginning of the chapter, and then we'll, like, yeah. I have literally so many exclamation points and curse words in the... Yo, like, there's going to be a lot of interruptions, interruptions to this, but I think we should, yeah. All right. All right. You're finished. I'm Snape. <sighs> shocking business. Shocking. Miracle none of them died. Never heard the like. By thunder. It was lucky you were there, Snape. Thank you, Minister. Order of Merlin, second class, I'd say. First class, if I can wangle it. 
Thank you very much indeed, Minister. Nasty cut you've got there, Black Twerk, I suppose. As a matter of fact, it was Potter, Weasley, and Granger, Minister. No! Black had bewitched them. I saw it immediately. A confundus charm. A judge by their behavior. They seemed to think there was a possibility he was innocent. They weren't responsible for their actions. On the other hand, their interference might have permitted Black to escape. They obviously thought they were going to catch Black single-handed. Um, first... First interjection, Ron got dragged under a tree by a dog. They had no idea that Sirius Black had anything to do with it. They were minding their business, making their way back up to the castle, and a goddamn dog came out of nowhere and dragged Ron under a motherfucking tree. That's what happened. That's what happened. But you don't know that because you don't listen and because you all you came out of nowhere. You was just coming. You didn't even see nobody. And don't even want to get any kind of context. No, none. Whatever. Also, I like how he's like, oh, it wasn't their fault, but still it was their fault. Just my goodness. Um, They've got away with a great deal before now. I'm afraid it's given them a rather high opinion of themselves. And of course, Mm. Potter has always been allowed an extraordinary amount of license by the headmaster. Ah, well, Snape, Harry Potter, you know, we've all got a bit of a blind spot where where he's concerned. Um. Okay, again, sorry. Um, so for one, the way that Snape is, like, talking to Fudge, it's very, uh, to me, like, when I, the part where he's like, of course, Potter's always been allowed an extraordinary amount of license by the headmaster. It's like he's kind of sowing the seeds for, like, what happens in Goblet of Fire and then especially in Order of the Phoenix. This book actually has, like, hella connections Ooh. to Order of the Phoenix. Um, this book has so many connections. That's why I think it's my, it's one of my, it is my fave. But, yeah, it's not a lot of <laughs> I didn't think about yeah. that. But I just thought of it as, like, I mean, first off, don't shit where you eat. Like, the reason, why are you where you are? Because of Dumbledore's ass. Not because mm-hmm. of Fudge. Don't get cocky. Exactly. You death eater ass. Yo, he's really trying to, like, he, but you know what the master of the school thing? I feel like he was just trying to manifest. You know, people, like, put stuff in the, he's trying to manifest. His, that was his ambition. That was, like, in a perfect world, I want to be master of the school. Let me manifest that in my life, and then I'm going to... This is your yes. Master potions. <laughs> he came through. He was like, "This is an opportunity I'm going to take Listen. to get in the position, my dream job of master of the school." Um, it's I still bullshit. It's children. just funny. <laughs> Listen. Yeah. So, um, but yeah. So I feel like he's. It's kind of sowing the seeds because you have like Snape in Fudge's ears, like. He, like Potter always gets like a free reign, and like his feminist friends do whatever they want, and like and the, Dumbledore and lets them turns a blind uh, eye to everything that he does. Exactly, and like yeah, yeah. And yep. in this moment, Fudge is like, "Well, it's Harry Potter. What can you do?" Kind of, you know what I mean? Um, but it's not like he's not taking that in, and so when he is on the opposite side, when he is looking for, and even like, in this book, when he gets kind of proven wrong wrong or i mean i feel like dumbledore ain't slick like fudge leaves the end of this book knowing like dumbledore had something to do with what happened but can't prove it and can't mm-hmm. like even the way that he's just like oh well i mean you know exactly oh no. right and it's like okay i see like you're gonna undermine me and like in front of like young kids in front of like influential people in the wizarding world um, because even if what Dumbledore did was right, and even if Fudge could be 
persuaded to like understand that he that that Sirius was innocent. That's not what Fudge is about. Like he's about being right and being seen as being in control. Right. So and appearing to be right. It's so about appearing. Appearing. So he would he would much rather have an innocent man languish in Azkaban than than he would to say oh, you know what? We were wrong, and we sent this guy to Azkaban for 12 years without a trial. And, and we sent 100 Dementors around Hogwarts to get him when huh? he escaped. Said it, and we put 100 Hogwarts to get uh, Hogwarts, 100 Dementors around Hogwarts when he escaped. To, like, and put a bunch of people's lives in danger because of it. Mm-hmm. And um, we didn't do our due diligence to like even see if his story could check out, could possibly mm-hmm. check out. Right, we just dismissed it. So they didn't even do any kind of like further investigation. Like, okay, Law and Order, because that's my show. That's my shit. Like, even if someone confesses, they still investigate because that's what you're supposed to do. Like, they mm-hmm. want to find out the motive. They want to find out the why, the when, and the how. Even if someone is like, "Yeah, I did it," open a shut case. They're like, because mm. there's so many times that. Jack McCoy would be like, yeah, okay, he confessed, but it doesn't add up. That's not the truth. Or he's covering for someone. Or, you know, maybe they think they did it, but they were coerced in some way. Or they did it for this reason, but there's someone else pulling the strings to make sure that they person, like they told them this, they put this in their ear, they put this in their mind. Mm -hmm. Therefore, they're not fully responsible. And that's just like how investigations should go, right? You want to, you don't just go, oh, we got the bad guy. We don't care how or why he did what he did, especially when it's something so like egregious as like basically bombing a street and killing twelve people. Basically mm-hmm. doing like a suicide bombing type of like he didn't give a fuck and he was just sitting there laughing. But like you knew his history, like that doesn't he didn't just snap, right? Right. And again, making up a story that he was like Voldemort's, Voldemort's right hand man, man. Yeah. Well, like none of it adds up. And like, if people were like less about the hysteria of the, like, and you know, like the excitement of it all, um, people would know that. Um, but yeah, okay. so it's just like this conversation, while infuriating, also gives like, like we're saying, like it just it feeds into what happens in the later. Later, yeah. that's why I'm like I tell everyone I go. You have to read book one because it sets up the world. So you could, if you were going to skip anything, you could skip the Sorcerer's no. Stone. Oh, Sorcerer's Stone. Okay, yeah. Yeah. I thought you were going to say Chamber of Secrets. Like. Chamber of Secrets because it sets up a lot of like things that will come up later in like this way, in this certain way, and it frames the stakes of the, the story. And then Prisoner of Azkaban is when the shit gets real. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, there are consequences to this. Like, not just Sirius is in, falsely in prison for 12 years, but Remus is a, is a leper, leper. Like, Pettigrew is doing all sorts of bullshit. And we find out further and further more, like, what he's willing to do. But, like, Without Prisoner of Azkaban, you don't even know that, like, Pettigrew is such a piece of shit that he's willing to spend 12 years as a rat care of by children to not face up to this crime. Which is, like, that sets up a lot of what 
pedigree is all about, right? If you're mm-hmm. like, okay, so you're you're willing to spend twelve years as a rat, then who knows what the fuck you're willing to do, right? Right, and that's it, true. It sets up the dynamics of fudge and the wizarding justice system and the wizarding world in general. It really allows Snape to show his ass in a way that he hasn't before, um, which we will get to. I have a lot of curse words written in the margins of this book um, <laughs> and this chapter. And I think that all of that is important. And then Goblet of Fire is when you're like, oh, people going to die mm-hmm. and the stakes are high. Mm-hmm. But like Prisoner of Askman for me sets up everything is complicated. Nothing is black and white. Like things are going to get messy before we get any sort of resolution. Right. And see, I think that's why for me, when I like separate the books, I separate them between three and four. And like, this is a tangent. We can acknowledge that and continue on the tangent. Um, (laughs) But that's kind of why I do that. Cause like, like you're saying like one, two and three continue to like set up all this stuff. And like the things that they set up get more complicated as they go up. So like, like you said, so like, yeah, like you said, Sorcerer's Stone is just the world. And, like, this is the place that we're in, and it's great. And then you get to Chamber of Secrets, and you're like, oh, but here's, like, the other side of that. Um, yeah. And then you get to Prisoner of Azkaban, and it's like, okay, yeah, there's now it's all complicated. It's all jumbled up together. And then you get to Goblet of Fire, and it's like, all right, you're ready. You're prepared. Mm-hmm. Here you go. <laughs> we're just going to, let like, take it off the seatbelt, or, t- or off the seatbelt, the steering. What is Training wheels, that's what it is. Training wheels, yeah. Keep the seatbelt on, that's important. Um, <laughs> but we're taking the training wheels off. <laughs> taking the training wheels off, you're just going to go. Yep. That's like when um, our older cousin, when I was six, he came to our house. Um, he's the oldest of, like, our cousin cluster. Oh. Um, cluster, yeah, whatever. He, he I was six. Cluster. I love he that. Came to, he came to our house to visit, and he was like, and I was, and he was like, you used uh, training wheels? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, nah. And he took them shoes <laughs> off. He was like, you about to learn how to ride a bike today. Um, and so. That is terrifying yes. because the oldest of our cousin cluster, I wouldn't let him teach me how to ride a bike. <laughs> he was great. He, I, I, I know how to ride a bike. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. He was, was great. I'm just I saying. No, I was fine. Um, yeah, no. So, yeah. So it's just, we just got to. That's basically what it is. Mm-hmm. At, like at the end of Prison of Man, Joe was like, all right. So just kind of crack my fingers, crack my knuckles. I'm ready. Yep. Just like. We're ready. All prepared. And we're like, oh, yeah, we're ready. We can do this. And then you're like, no. Why but did you do this? You have to, to remember, too, in between the third book and Goblet of Fires, when we had that first gap of like, what the, when is the book coming out? Right. right? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, um, I don't know that, so, but yes. Yeah. You don't remember that. I know those feelings in other series, but not this one in particular. Not for that. Not in between those two. Yeah, but it was the first time that it wasn't like this one came out and then the next summer this one came out. It was like, you have to wait. And so you had time to like really like reread the books and like immerse yourself and like really be ready. But you weren't ready. Mm -hmm. I think she did that on purpose. Like, oh, you thought you were ready. You thought you wanted this book. It's going to get hot and heavy, and I promise you not ready. Okay, sorry, that's in the hype. Anyway, let's, let's go. Let's keep going. Um, and yet, is it good for him to be given so much special treatment? Personally, I try and treat him like any other student. No, really, you don't. Yeah, really, really. <laughs> any other student? Like, 
an I don't know, let's just pick a student out of a hat. Draco Balfour, you treat him like Draco? You treat him like you treat Draco? Really? Really? Potter, cut Draco's thing. Weasley, smash them up. Shut up. Shut if any other student is Neville Longbottom, then yes. Up. And any other student would be suspended, at the very least, for leading his friends into such danger. Again. And you know he led them, because again, again, Ron asked You don't know that. When Ron's ass got dragged by that dog and cat. Mm-hmm. And in which case, Ron didn't lead them by choice. His no. ass got dragged by a dog. No. What you gonna do? His leg is broken. You never asked him they how that happened in your snake. the hospital wing. Knocked out. Knocked the fuck out. Ryan got a broken leg. He had had that before. No. But let's not ask those kind of questions. No, let's not. Which line? Consider, Mister Minister. Sorry, I'm still laughing at you. Consider, Minister, against all school school rules. After all the precautions put in place for his protection, out of bounds. That almost got him killed a couple times. Yeah. Out of bounds at night, consorting with a werewolf and a murderer. So he didn't realize that homeboy was a werewolf. He was a teacher. He was a professor. He is a teacher. He is a professor right now. So why would? Like that's the thing. He's consorting with a werewolf. Like that part. One, I mean, werewolf and 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 murderer. Again, he was. They were dragged under tree. They didn't. They were following a a dog. Lupin, Lupin showed up way later. Way later. Again, they didn't know he was a werewolf. Uh How are they consorting with somebody? What were they doing, just thirteen-year-olds? Like, hey, you know what we should do today? Like, none of this makes sense. You know, we should just go. Let's go find that werewolf and that murderer and just go hang out, chill, chill in the street. You know, have a kickback. Sounds like a great idea. The fuck, Snape? You don't make no goddamn sense. Um, And then, oh, and then he decides, and then he decides to just tack this on at the end. And I have reason to believe he has been visiting Hogsmeade illegally too. Which is snitch ass. You bitch ass, snitch ass, petty, lying ass. Just you, you bitch, snitch, petty, lying ass, motherfucker. Sit down and shut up. I am going to build you a seat, a whole goddamn bench. I can do a bench. I think I can build a bench. And it's gonna have nails sticking out of it too. And splinters for your fucking dumb, greasy ass. You bitch ass, snitch ass, lying ass, greasy ass motherfucker. Shut up. Keep dancing ho. Oh no. Sorry. Okay. Um, you're next. I'm sorry. Okay, I forgot. <laughs> I just Really? Okay. Well, well. We shall see, Snape. We shall see. The boy has undoubtedly been foolish. Harry lay listening with his eyes tight shut. He felt groggy. The words he were hearing seemed to be traveling very slowly from his ears to his brain so that it was difficult to understand. His limbs felt like lead. His eyelids too heavy to lift. He wanted to lie here on this comfortable bed forever. That was me this morning. That's, that yeah. Morning. But without all the trauma and... Right, and you like know, the mentor, or yeah, it was, it was a good night sleep, and I didn't want it to end. Mm-hmm. Um, what amazes me most is the behavior of the dementors. You really no idea what made them retreat, Snape. Really, really, that's what amazes you the most that dementors, a creature, are gonna have a creature that didn't make any sense, but I'm upset. 
no minister. By the time I had come around, they were heading back to their positions at the entrances. Um, real quick, I think it's kind of interesting that Snape doesn't take like the credit for t- getting rid of the Dementors. You know, like as far as he's going and taking this, um, right. that part I, think I, think I thought was he, interesting. He, if he would have done it, he would have let the Dementors kiss Black. What he right, could have said true. was, "I ran them off because they couldn't." Because the children were so close and they couldn't tell mm-hmm. the difference between Black and the children. But Fudge wouldn't have bought that because Fudge thinks that the mentors listen to him because, of course, they do, you dumbass motherfucker. <laughs> and they don't just do what they want. Okay, whatever. Extraordinary. And yet, Black and Harry and the girl. All unconscious by the time I reached them, I bound and gagged Black naturally, conjured stretchers, and brought them all straight to the castle. Why um, ass mother? And what yeah, were you so, doing before then? Your bitch ass was bound out. and knocked the fuck out. So, um, so Harry is trying to like he's still kind of like groggy, getting his bearings, and like you know trying to figure out what's going on. Um, he opened his eyes. Um, somebody had taken off his glasses. He could see um, that Ron and Hermione were there. Um, there's a weird thing where it says Hermione looks petrified, which I feel like is an odd choice of words given the events Lots. of the last book. <laughs> and I think too, like I think she did that on purpose, but also it's like that's rude. I don't need to. That's what I'm saying. That's why I'm like. That's what I'm saying. Like, could, like just her did specifically. You need to bring that up. Did you need to bring that back up? You like, said anything else? Yeah. Um, um, but when she saw that Harry, but she's awake. And when she saw that Harry was awake, she pressed a finger to her lips and pointed to the hospital wing door. It was ajar, and the voices of Fudge and Snape were coming through it from the corridor outside. I will say this though. I mean, they've been through a lot and Snape is a lion, bitch, snitch, ass, motherfucker. And I understand why they're eavesdropping, but God damn it. They eavesdrop so much. Oh yeah. So much. That's how they get like 50% of their information. At least sixty-five. <laughs> like that's that's it's their my thing. Goodness. Yeah. <laughs> it's always. But I mean, this time they're talking kind of loud because Harry was like barely conscious yeah. in the beginning. So at that point, also like, yo, you're in front of a hospital. How about you like keep it down? But that pompous ass motherfucker, he ain't got no chill. So you know, he's like, minister, I of course I I ran off. I bound and gagged black naturally. <laughs> just like, shut up. Um, Madame Pomfrey now came walking uh, towards them. She was carrying the largest block of chocolate he had ever seen in his life. It looked like a small boulder. I would like to see this block of chocolate. Um, <laughs> also, like, I, 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 I have like, a bone to pick. I've, I got a bone to pick. Um, Lots of lots of song references with Robin today. Huh? <laughs> lots of song references with Robin today. It's fine. I know. I don't know. It's, happened, uh, it's because I've been listening to Solange all day. I don't know. That's not a reason. I don't know why. Um, so I was accused last week of shaming you for eating the chocolate frog, and I don't think that that's what I was doing. Oh, I don't know, Robin. This is a long chapter. I know <laughs> that conversation on Twitter. I don't. <laughs> If, if it came across as shaming, I I I didn't mean it that oh, way. Oh, I have no th- shame me for chocolate, <laughs> and there is no room in my in my soul yeah, for shame. It was, like, it was more like that was impressive. You really 
I really did. I was, I kind of looked up and I was like, oh, I probably shouldn't have done that. And then I was like, oh, well, it was delicious. And then my, I was like, I probably shouldn't have done that. And then I was like, I should have bought more than one. And then that was it. Yeah. Anyway. Um, okay. Ah, you're awake. She said briskly. She, pla- she placed the chocolate on Harry's table and began breaking it apart with a small hammer. How's Ron said Harry and Hermione together. He'll live said Madam Pomfrey. As for you two, you'll be staying here until I'm satisfied you're... Um, real quick, sorry. I didn't say that before. Um, so Ron asleep, not comically injured. No. Let's just point that out there, and we can move on. I mean, um, do you remember his last book when Madam Pomfrey had to regrow his bone, or um, Harry's bones? It was just like, you just mm-hmm. gotta... You just gotta lay here. Right. right, I mean that, but then also she was like, "I can mend them. I can mend broken yeah. bones, like in a like in a heartbeat. Growing them back takes longer, but also like, yeah, yeah he's just sleep and he needs rest. Yeah, but he's not just up with his. That's the other thing about the movie that was irritating. Why he's in the hospital wing? He could take a potion or whatever it is she does to fix bones. Why is he still sitting there with a splint? I just mean, wait just to make sure that it like goes back correctly but what i'm saying is he it wasn't it didn't seem they didn't make it seem like he was like in the middle of the healing process i look like how it did like at a muggle hospital you just gonna wait here while they're just gonna leave it yep um it's fine we haven't we'll we'll get to that we'll get to there but a couple episodes i think that there is the one thing that like stood out to me about ron um a being asleep um and his bones is that like, I do think like, so there is magic, but you do need to like, just heal. Right. Like mm-hmm. even, um, after Lupin's Lupin changes, like he looks ragged, he looks tired. Cause like your body is going through a lot magic exactly. or not. Like you just sometimes like, you just got to sleep that shit off. Like mm-hmm. let your body rest, you know? So, yeah. um, it doesn't, it's not weird to me that he is, you know, like even if she wins the match back quickly, she he still needs to like. Oh yeah, no, and it's totally not weird to me. It and makes that's total sense to me. To even yeah, that's what she's saying <laughs> even to them from mm-hmm. the Dementors. It's like, oh, don't think that because you're awake and you've got some chocolate, you're just gonna like walk walk away and be fine. Like exactly. you need to make sure that you're back to normal, mm-hmm. which is resting. But Harry has another thing in in mind. Um, he was sitting up, putting his glasses on and picking up his wand. Oh, sorry. I was just saying, you know, he's been giving a lot, given a lot of latitude and he thinks he can do whatever he wants. Oh yeah. He thinks very highly of himself. He thinks very highly of himself. Um, bitch ass, bitch ass, wine ass, motherfucker. I need to see the headmaster, he said. Potter, it's all right. They've got black. He's locked away upstairs. The Dementors will be performing a kiss any moment now. What? Harry jumped out of bed and Hermione did too. Um, before his shout had been heard in the corridor and Fudge and Snape entered the ward. Harry, Harry, what's this? You should be in bed. Has he had any chocolate? Minister, listen, serious black's innocent. Peter Pettigrew faked his own death. We saw him tonight. You can't let the Dementors do that thing to Sirius. He's Harry, Harry, um, Harry. You've been through a dreadful ordeal. Lie back down now. We've got everything under control. No, you don't. When have you ever had anything under control, especially when it comes to the justice system, Fudge? Never. Never. You haven't. You've got the wrong man. Minister, listen. Hermione said, I saw him too. It was Ron's rat. He's an animagus. Pettigrew, I mean. And 
you see ministers that sit confunded, both of them. Black's done a very good job on them. Shut the fuck up. Yep, pretty much. Shut. We're not confunded, Harry roared, which is the next best thing. Um, Minister Professor, said Madame Pomfrey angrily, I must insist that you leave. Potter is my patient and he should not be distressed. I'm not distressed. I'm trying to tell them what happened. If they'd only listen. But Madame Pomfrey suddenly stuffed a large chunk of chocolate into Harry's mouth. He choked and she seized the opportunity to force him back onto the bed. She she could be wrong in not letting them talk or whatever. Mm -hmm. She's still the best. Yeah, and I was going to say, this is is a very good example of um, how adults don't listen to children and, like, treat Mm -hmm. them... They just dismiss them. And I think there's a difference between, like, I mean, we always bring it back to this one, but Aminata said some weird shit. Oh, yeah. Like, the syntax is all wrong. I'm going to get loosed when she means lost or loosed and said, like, whatever. But if you stop and, like, get break it down to her level and how she sees the world, it always ends up making some sort of sense, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, Unless she's purposely saying gibberish. Being silly. Yeah. Like, I'm a big fat booby head because I was a big fat booby head. That, or sometimes she'll say stuff. She'll be talking and then you'll be like, you'll ask for clarifying, like, (laughs) (laughs) like you'll just ask for clarification and she'll just be like, and you're like, girl, what? And then she just does it because she thinks it's funny and you're like, yeah. And I just go, I'm not speaking English. So until you start speaking English, I go, I don't speak that language, Aminata. I'm sorry. (laughs) I don't understand. I don't know what language you're speaking. I'm not that smart. I only speak one language. Mm-hmm. And then she goes, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, well. Mm-hmm. So, but what the point is, though, is that, like, even at four years old, if you just take some time to, like, break it down, like, maybe it doesn't make sense to you, and you can totally dismiss it as she's being silly or she doesn't know what she's talking about. But that girl remembers everything. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, we went to Santa Cruz and she wanted to play this like stupid frog game that cost money because it was like a difference between like the rides, which all go in a circle and up and down. She played herself with that one. But these are like the carnival games. And we wanted to go because we were hungry and tired. And our aunt um, told her, oh, the frogs went to sleep. And she woke and like a couple, like the next day she was like, did the frogs wake up? What are they doing now? And we were like, what the fuck are you talking about? Right. <laughs> they remembered yeah. that throwaway, oh, we mm-hmm. can't go play that game anymore because the frogs went to sleep. And she wanted to follow, she wanted clarification. She wanted to follow up. What happened mm-hmm. to the frogs? Are they awake now? And we can go back. Because you know, she's all about Santa Cruz and like the boardwalk and games. You could dismiss that as like, oh, she's frogs sleeping. What is she talking about? She's being crazy. But no, she had a she had a legitimate question Mm -hmm. and I think that's one of the things that I think that I I would like to think that JK Rowling does this on purpose um but the dismissiveness of the adults um is very like telling to how and why they get things wrong right I mean I totally think that that's deliberate um because there are a lot of times too in this book in which case people either tell Harry 
you're overreacting or it's all in your imagination or whatever when he is actually basing things on facts and realism that it doesn't align with their belief system. And I think that's in part why Dumbledore exists, Mm -hmm. um, which we should keep going, but that's an adult that listens. That listens and is why they trust him. And he generally, I mean, again, we'll have all these conversations that we've had already, like about all the things that Dumbledore gets wrong. But one of the things he consistently gets right is that he listens to what, like, the children are saying, and he actually takes it seriously. Um, so, yeah, so... So he walks in. Mm-hmm, which was, I didn't realize it was that close to what we were... Yeah, that was yeah. a good transition. Um, Harry swallowed his mouth full of chocolate and with great difficulty got up again. Professor Dumbledore, serious Black, for heaven's sake, is this a hospital wing or not? Headmaster, I must insist... Um, which again, that's the, the what I was saying about Madame Pomfrey that I love is that she's like very much, must, very much like first and foremost about the kids and making sure that they're like healing and like not stressed and like having all these people in her hospital wing while she's trying to like do her job. Mm-hmm. Um, she's like, nah, fam, I don't care if you're the minister of magic or the headmaster of the school or. And she's like, I don't care if he's about to get the Dementors kids or not. It can wait because mm-hmm. they're not healthy. Exactly. Stop my patience. Mm-hmm. she's very much like I'll play with this nope I love it um, my apologies Poppy but I need a word with Mr. Potter and Miss Granger I have just been talking to Sirius Black I suppose he's told you some fairy tale story he's planted in Potter's mind spat Snape something about a rat what? and Pettigrew being alive oh. that oh. is that indeed is Black story said Dumbledore I have and one does thing. my I have one thing? I have one thing. I'm, sorry, oh, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, I'm, sorry. I'm gonna go quick. But it doesn't add up for a year. A fucking year. Like Sirius wants to kill me. Sirius is after me. I'll if, if I fight him, I'm gonna kill him. I'm gonna right. whatever. And in 20 minutes, you want us to believe that Harry, with no proof whatsoever, just hears Sirius say, "Oh." that rat did and he's like okay sure right especially when they know like the history like the fact that he betrayed or you know allegedly betrayed lily and james like all these kind of things he's after harry everybody thinks like why would harry then be like but no he's really innocent unless he was really innocent or unless he like at least had done more work than some fantastical story because like let's Mm -hmm. look at what peter pettigrew's fantastical stories and they were like nah fam no so shut the fuck up is what I'm trying to say and does my evidence count for nothing snarled Snape Peter Pettigrew was not in the shrieking shack nor did I see any sign of him on the grounds so again what evidence is really the question where and then here comes my that's because you were knocked out, Professor. You didn't arrive in time to hear. Miss Granger, hold your tongue. No, you hold your tongue, you stupid ass yeah. motherfucker. And let he doesn't, he doesn't like facts. He doesn't like facts. Now, Snape, this young lady is disturbed in her mind. We must make allowances. I would like to speak to Harry and Hermione alone. Cornelius Severus Poppy, please leave us. Headmaster, they need treatment, they need rest. This cannot wait, said Dumbledore. I must insist. Madame Pomfrey um, goes to her office, slams the door behind her. She's had it up to here with all of them. With these motherfuckers and wait, with these motherfucking 
men in her motherfucking hospital room. Basically. I messed that up a little bit, but yeah, that's what I mean. Patriarchy. Um, the de- <laughs> Fudge uh, consulted his watch. The Dementor should have arrived by now. Wow, it took them a pretty long time to get back to the castle after all that that working out, that soul. A hundred of them? Yeah, Hundreds it took them that long to go to get How back. How many Dementors the- need to arrive? Hmm. hmm. Interesting. Curious. Curious. Um... <laughs> So uh, Fudge says he'll go meet them up and be upstairs. Um, you surely don't believe a word of Black's story, Snake whispered, his eyes fixed on Dumbledore. I wish to speak to Harry and Hermione alone, Dumbledore repeated. Um, Snake took a step towards Dumbledore. Sirius Black showed he was capable of murder at the age of 16. You haven't forgotten that headmaster. You haven't forgotten that he once tried to, clear, to kill me. Um, so one, that's not how the system should work. He's not going, like, he's not, right? first of all, that's not why he's being, like, convicted. Nothing or, like, yeah. That's not why he was in Azkaban for 12 years. Um, and he didn't, and, like, you're also, like, states, werewolf prejudice is one of the things that I think is really telling, because I think it gets kind of glossed over because, Snape is who he is and he's so problematic and he's so hateful and so stupid and such a just pathetic excuse for a human being. And he is so loathsome and he is so wrong all the time. And he is just the worst kind of person. And he's a bad teacher. He's a bad man. You know, he's also, he's got bad hair. He's, he doesn't bathe. He's smelly. He stinks. His like breath is bad. Okay, what was the... I think... All of that. All of that contributes to you just kind of lumping in his feelings about Remus um, with all of the other elements of his character that are loathsome and awful and terrible. Mm -hmm. Uh, But he doesn't say Remus. You have to remember that. He says werewolves. And, like, Mm -hmm. that is a systematic... Or it's a it's a preview or an, a, a glimpse into the widening, the wider wizarding world view of all werewolves. Like this is like the this is actually the stigma and the um, prejudice mm-hmm. of werewolves, and not so much his grudge against the Marauders. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um. And yes. He, and he smells and his hair is terrible. Yes. Um, but yeah, so for this one, it's definitely like, but then in, in this particular thing, it's very much just about, again, it's about him. It's not, he doesn't say, um, he doesn't say serious black murdered 13 well, people. Innocent people. Well, well, innocent people. He says that he tried to kill me. Um, two, that was one, was my number one point. Two, but did you die? No. Obviously not. The world would have been so much better off if you had mm-hmm. died then. I'm sorry. I don't like to wish death on children, but Lily and James would still be alive. This is true. These are all facts. My memory oh, yeah. is as good as it ever was, Severus, said Dumbledore quietly. Um, which I love Dumbledore rebukes because he never really tells you off. <laughs> he says it in between the words. <laughs> You're just like, damn. But I also think that Dumbledore, like, this is so frustrating. It's like, you 
see in this moment how petty he is. And you're like, hey, he cherry occlumency. <laughs> like, come on, All be right. a part of the order. Yes, let's and keep it. Let's keep it in this book, though, because again, it's a long, long chapter, long chapter, and we're already almost an hour into it. No, it's not only your fault. I have. Um, to it won't be denied. I know. Um, so Snape leaves. Uh, Harry and Hermione burst into speech at the same time. Professor Black's telling the truth. We saw Pettigrew. He escaped from Professor Lupin. We, he escaped from Professor Lupin turned into a werewolf. He's a rat. Pettigrew's front paw, I mean finger, he cut it off. Pettigrew attacked Ron. It wasn't serious. Um, but Dumbledore holds up his hand um, to stop them. It is your turn to listen, and I beg you will not interrupt me because there is very little time. There is not a shred of proof to, to support Black's story um, except your word. Oh, since you said time like that, sorry, can I just... It's the who lives, who dies, who tells your story. And then they, and they harmonize. Time. Okay, sorry. Um, and the word of two 13-year-old wizards will not convince anybody. A street full of eyewitnesses swore they saw Sirius murder Pettigrew. I myself gave evidence to the ministry that Sirius had been the Potter's secret keeper. Professor Lupin can tell you. Professor Lupin is currently deep in the forest, unable to tell anyone anything. By the time he is human again, it will be too late. Sirius will be worse than dead. I might add that werewolves are so mistrusted by most of our kind that his support will count for very little and the fact that he and Sirius are old friends. But listen to me, Harry. It is too late. You understand me? You must see that Professor Snape's version of events is far more convincing than yours. He hates Sirius, Hermione said desperately, all because of some stupid trick Sirius played on him. Sirius has not acted like an innocent man. The attack on the fat lady entering Gryffindor Tower with a knife. These are all true facts. I'm sorry. Um, I just felt like I should point that out. Um, without Pettigrew alive or dead, he, we, would have, we have no chance of overturning Sirius's sentence. But you believe us. Yes, I do, said Dumbledore. But I have no power to make other men see the truth or to overrule the Minister of Magic. Not true. Oh, if the shoe fits, I'm sorry. Oh, he's <laughs> Okay, um, sorry, but this, this paragraph real quick is really important. Um, well, I don't think that's totally not, I don't think that that's totally true. Um, but I'll say it after this paragraph, which I think is like, as we were talking about a little bit earlier, just like the turning points um, in this book that are kind of introduced and then like just mm-hmm. added and like, yeah, developed more in the other books. Um, Harry stared into the grave face and felt as though the ground beneath him were falling sharply away. He had grown used to the idea that Dumbledore could solve anything. He had expected Dumbledore to pull some amazing solution out of the air, but no, their last hope was gone. Um, So yeah, so it's just like the thing, like in every year, Dumbledore, at least up to this point, Dumbledore has always been able to come through like, hi, y'all thought thought you didn't have to, you know what I mean? You thought... It was hopeless. Like Voldemort thought he was going to get away, but ha, I sent Fox. <laughs> she going to come and like kick your ass. Um, whereas like in this moment, and I think that in, I don't think that he's lying. You know what I mean? Like he really, he physically, he personally cannot do anything. Yeah. I, I, I'm saying. talking about, and, like, like he's said, gonna, I can't make other men see the truth or overrule the minister of magic. And I think part of that is true. But the other part of that is his self-delusion that he does not carry as much weight because he's headmaster of Hogwarts. 
than Fudge, when in actuality, he is much more powerful and much more influential than anyone else in the wizarding world. Well, yes, I think that's it's true. A, it's a self-delusion. I don't think yeah, he, but I don't, I don't think, think that when he actually... Yeah. Like, I don't think that, like, the actual words of it are not wrong. Like, he has power, but he doesn't have the power to necessarily make men to... He can't be like, this happened, it's the truth, blat out, crisis, of, like, averted. That's not really what it is. Yeah. Um, but I think that he could, if he if he put his foot down, he could stay the kiss. Like, he would probably, I don't think he wants to play that card. Mm-hmm. And he knows, like, this is another, this is a easier, better, more prudent way to do it. It's also like picking that. your battles, right? Because right, right, if right. he had tried to do that now, who knows how Fudge would have reacted in the next book exactly. versus like when he, he put it down at the end of Goblet of Fire when it really mattered. Um, yeah, exactly, exactly. I think yeah. that, and, I, and I think that that's the point here is like, this is the best, like all looking at all of the cards on the table, this is the best course of action. And I agree with him, but I, I think, and Again, there isn't that much time. He wants to like let's. We don't have time to argue about this, right? So mm-hmm. he uses he chooses what he says carefully. Um, I just think that those exact words. I don't have. Um, I have no power to make other men see the truth or to overrule the minister of magic is not completely true. Hmm. Um, Whether or not he believes it or not, right? Right. Um. Yeah, I mean, I think that also, like, this is also another foreshadowing to, because again, like we were, like we were just saying, like, it's kind of a, it's a, it's like the first time that we get this lesson, kind of, and then it, and then in this moment he says it, it's kind of like, it's kind of like a, um, shoot, I can't think of like a word, or like, an, it's like, it's like a test, or like a, um, I can't think of it, but you know, like, when you, like, are doing something and like it it's clear that it's up to you but you always have like a safety net so that's kind of what this is yeah. is like in the other times like Dumbledore very clearly reached in and was like it's cool I got it um versus in this particular moment it's like Dumbledore's like nah I don't have it but in the same but he's still like there um yeah. and I think that it kind of we get like these small moments where it's like okay like in this moment it's not really Dumbledore being like flawed or like complicated as a character it's more just like hey sometimes adults can't solve all your problems um and it kind of also foreshadows into half-blood prince when then he dies and it's like nah really like you have to do this on your own now um so it's like kind of giving um you know like baby steps into just coming into your own and actually like doing your shit on your own and being an adult um and not having the safety net of Dumbledore to clean up your mess, even though yeah. I mean he probably would clean up this mess if they messed up, but they don't mess up. So no. um yeah. yeah what I think, we need. Oh sorry, go ahead. Sorry, I just I, I wanted to say I think that all of that is true. I just think that there is also this so um one of our listeners talked about there was um Something about, like, if James and Lily had survived and, like, what mm-hmm. Harry's life would have been like and, like, um, Lily getting Al's home, like, your kids took, like, stole a car to get to uh, 
Hogwarts because they couldn't get into the platform and her being like, oh my God. And James being like, that's so cool. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. what that life would have been like. And I did, we did a little bit of like headcanon of Harry's life with his parents. Um, and I think that there is something to thinking about had he put his foot down or put it, put him, put his reputation on the line for serious in this moment, instead of having them go the route that they do take, which we're obviously all down for because time travel. But if he had put his foot down to use his influence to save serious and really make them go back and do a, like a real investigation, a really like, look at all of the evidence and like really prove the fact that Sirius is guilty or innocent, what that would have, how that would have changed the dynamics going forward. I think there's something to thinking about that. You're basically saying that if Dumbledore put his foot down, then Harry would be living with Remus and Sirius right now. Well, no, I mean, I also think that like, that's, that's again, like you said, it would make an enemy out of fudge earlier and what that does to the Triwizard tournament, what that does to, Voldemort coming back um hopefully it would have some people like maybe Kingsley and the actual Mad-Eye would go on a hunt for Peter you know maybe they get to Peter before Peter gets to them right. gets to Voldemort who knows put some, yeah. some R's in charge instead of Dementors yeah maybe. but then also like it de- destabilizes the power dynamic of the ministry I just think it's like we can always I think it's always useful to kind of obviously it's a fictional story and who knows and whatever, but like, I think it's useful to think about the ways in which Harry's life would have been different because it would have been different. I mean, yeah, totally. And I think also just like thinking about the way, like the way things go about now, it's like, okay, well, what if it didn't? And then what would be the repercussions moving forward, knowing what we know about how it went down this time, which is the point of this chapter and time travel and other dimensions. And it's awesome. Sorry to like do this to you and to Connie. And then we'll go back to the chapter because it's a long chapter, but I agree with one thing about one portion of this can't make men see the truth thing is I don't think that he would have been able to sway public opinion towards allowing Remus to have a happy life. Oh, I don't think so either. No, but I'm saying, but I'm saying like Sirius and Harry wouldn't care. And Sirius got dough. That's true. And Harry got dough. Remus they would have been fine. Remus could have been a kept man, kept wolf. Right? That's what I'm saying. They would have had Wolf Jane Potion on lock, on deck. They would, he would have had his own little room. Right. He could chill. He's like, oh, full moon? All right, y'all. I'll see you later. I'll see you tomorrow. I hope you guys got some eggs. You know how I like my eggs well done or whatever? Mm-hmm. I got some bacon? Yeah. I'm going to be hungry in the morning. Yeah. Peace out. Aww. <laughs> that made me really sad. I know. Tears for Remus. <sighs> Sorry. What we need, because now... <laughs> just to get us back to not not having feelings. Um, What we need to Dumbledore slowly, his eyes moving from Harry to Hermione is more time. But Hermione began and then her eyes became very round. Oh, now pay attention, said Dumbledore. Sirius is locked in Professor Flitwick's office on the seventh floor, 13th window from the right of the West Tower. If all goes well, he will be able to save more than one innocent life tonight. But remember this, both of you. You must not be seen. Miss Granger, you know the law. 
You know what's at stake. You must not be seen. Let's go. Let's fucking go. Um, Harry, of course, is clueless and has no idea what's happening. (laughs) I'm so, like, into times. One, I'm into the times when Harry is super clueless. Where's my wand? Give me my wand, Tom. Mm -hmm. Harry. But I also, like, am very into, like, this the the things unsaid you know what i mean yeah like, dumbledore and hermione had a whole ass conversation and harry's like but y'all what <laughs> and i mean like at this point because we've read this so many times we're in on that conversation but like yeah. reading it the first the time first you're like you're on harry's side, like what what, what, what is going on hermione knows what's happening but i'm still confused what yeah. why can't they be seen what are they what are they talking about um yeah it's so great um dumbledore leaves or like goes to leave i'm going to lock you in it is five minutes to midnight miss granger three turns should do it good luck good luck harry repeated as the door closed behind dumbledore three turns what's he talking about what are we supposed to do sorry, sorry what are you gonna say i'm assuming that one turn is an hour so three turns is yeah hours. um harry come here she said urgently quick Harry moved towards her, completely bewildered. She was holding the chain out. He saw a tiny, sparkling hourglass hanging from it. Here. She threw the chain around his neck, too. Ready? What are we doing? Harry said, completely lost. Like, I understand we need more time, but could you not Just take a moment to explain, like, hey, we're going to travel back in time. (laughs) Before you travel back in time, because this Mm -hmm. just spends a lot of time, like, shut up. No, you can't do that. We can't be seen. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to set some ground rules. And then let's go. But I think also part of it, and which I just realized, is if the more they wait, the less time they have when they go back in time. You know what I mean? Like they they, they do. They actually because it's five minutes to midnight. If if she waits and tells them everything, then they're not back in time going to save Sierra. You know what I mean? Because the way that is happening. The three hours that they have is in the past, not now. So if they keep waiting, when they go back three hours, it's later than what than when they this are. Is I, but this is kind of like what I talked about earlier in the book, which is like, can't you go back for like an extra hour and get some sleep? Like, it, that's it's too you know, risky to do all that. It's too, yeah, I I mean, and yeah, I get it, but yeah. I love. I sorry. I just you love time travel. This is great. Um, I also love time travel. I love time travel a lot. This is why you need to. You really need to get on Star Trek. There's so many time travel. Co- no, I know. I will. Um, Luke Cage just. just I, no, I know. I know. And I'm about to be on Luke Cage as soon as we're done with this. But I still think like five minutes. Five minutes. I think so. I just think that. Just like I said, I mean, and that might not be right, but I really think that they had to have done it. Like just the way that it, like the way that the time is met, like they had to, she had to have gone back first. Like they didn't have time because they didn't have time, but then they go back and then they have some time. Okay. That's my kind of. And and what I'm hearing from that is they have to do it before the Dementor gets to Sirius and actually kills him. Yeah. Because they can't keep, they can't be talking about it and then the Dementor got him, then he's got. Oh my God. Do you know what this is? What? This is Clara and having the fucking time, like the, the 
she's in between when the doctor comes and gets her in between the Raven and the spoilers and she goes on these adventures, but she's mm-hmm. still is It's kind, kind of, of yeah, it's kind of like that. I mean Yeah, sort of. Um it also Keep the Secrets is another reason that why the cursed child gets on my nerves because it's not how time works in this universe. Okay. Um the dark world dissolved the dark word ward ward wow um dissolved harry uh said this had the sensation that he was flying very fast backward a blur of colors and shapes rushed past him his ears were pounding he tried to yell but he couldn't hear his own voice and then he felt solid ground beneath his feet um rewind 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 um, he was standing next to Hermione in the deserted entrance hall and a stream of golden sunlight was falling across the paved floor from the open front doors. Um, so they kind of traveled through space too a little bit. They didn't like appear in the, um, which I do wonder how that works. Yeah. Actually, um, like why the entrance hall? Do you have to like think entrance hall or? To go back to where she should, where she left. So that I think she goes back to where she was originally. So that oh, that makes sense. One Hermione goes left, the other Hermione goes right. That makes sense. I think I like that. I like that because that um, reminds me of like you were just behind us, Hermione. What are you talking? About? Oh, I went to back to grab my book because she right. went lost in time and she ended up where she was then, the original. which is yeah. very difficult to do since you can't be seen. Yes, but but she's but like as we'll see, right? So um, Hermione. So Harry looks around at Hermione. Um, uh, in here, she seizes his arm and drags him across the hall into a broom closet. Um, what what happened? We've gone back in time. Yeah, we have. Um, three hours back, Harry found his own leg and gave it a very hard pinch. It hurt a lot, which seemed to rule out the possibility that he was having a very bizarre dream. Um, he forgets that he Harry. is in magical school. Magic. Although, to be fair, this entire night has been really strange. So and strange. Bizarre. Even for like magical Even levels. for a magical school. There's and been a lot. Only really three years in, so he's still learning. Right. And yeah. And it's but. really only three hours where just things go left really fast. And so I get it. But also, magic. Um, listen someone's coming i think i think it might be us so i think it gives it a little bit of time where they like which i don't know how the time turner would figure this out again like you were saying but like they get there but then it's a little bit before them yeah. the past i don't know so um get out of the way yeah that is some very specific magic it's very it, that's what i'm saying it's still lit <laughs> But it's very very specific. That's true. Um, Hermione pressed her ear against the door. Footsteps across the hall. Yes, I think it's us going down to Hagrid's. Are you telling me, Harry whispered, that we're here in this cupboard and we're out there too? Yes, I'm sure it's us. It it doesn't sound like more than three people. And we're walking slowly because we're under the invisibility cloak. Give me my wand, Tom. Yeah, we've (laughs) we've gone down the front steps. Um... Where did you get that hourglass thing? It's called a time turner, Hermione whispered, and I got it from P- 
Professor McGonagall on our first day back. I've been using it all year to get to all my lessons. Professor McGonagall made me swear I wouldn't tell anyone. She had to write letters, all sorts of letters to the Ministry of Magic so I could have one. She had to tell them that I was a model student and that I would never, ever use it for anything except my studies. I've been turning it back so I can do hours over again. That's how I've been doing several lessons at once, see? But, Harry, I don't understand what Dumbledore wants us to do. Why did he tell us to go back three hours? How's that going to help Sirius? Um, so there's thinking, um, there's this one part where it's kind of funny. It's like very Hermione. Um, so Harry's like, there must have been a, there must be something that happened around now. He wants us to change. What happened? We were walking down to Hagrid's three hours ago. This is three hours ago and we are walking to Hagrid's and Hermione. We just heard ourselves leaving. So like, she's very much like, no, like you need to get it in your head. Mm-hmm. This is happening. Things have changed. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also like really interesting or fun. Or, I don't know. Cause we're going to watch the movie soon, but in the movie, um, Dumbledore kind of, he's still just as vague as he is in the book, but he very clearly says, if you move fast, more than one life can be saved tonight. So they go back in time with that mindset of like, oh, we're going to be saving. I mean, she knows right. it's supposed to save Sirius. She just doesn't know how. No. Yeah. I mean, he says that, um, but it's just kind of like within everything else. Okay. I missed it. He, um, um, sorry. I'm just going back real quick. He says, we need more time. Professor Fluick. Yeah. He says, uh, Sirius is locked in the Professor Fluick's office. If all goes well, you'll be able to save more than one innocent life. But remember this, you must not be seen. So he just like, it's like kind of sandwiched in between like his other instructions. Yeah. Um, so it's not, it's not like in the movie where he's like, you can save more than one innocent life. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, <clears throat> like that's yeah that's yeah. not really what it is um yeah but i think um yeah and in, in this though and in, in not having it be so clear i guess um now they're trying to like remember because as we've already said like so much has happened mm-hmm. like they haven't, they haven't wrapped their sleep. mind around what just happened from the dog dragging Ron and the cat and the rat and the dog rat cat and all that stuff. They haven't even wrapped their mind around it the first time. And now they have to like do it again, all over again. Um, so I think it's, I mean, it's interesting. Yeah. Um, but Harry realizes, um, he remembers what Dumbledore said and said, Hermione, we're going to save Buckbeak, but how will that help Sirius? Dumbledore said, he just told us where the window is, where, where they've got Sirius locked up. We've got to fly Buckbeak up to the window and rescue Sirius. Sirius can escape on Buckbeak. They can escape together. Um, one thing, I do kind of wish that they had, like, gotten that in pieces. Um, this is just, like, a narrative thing, you know what I mean? Harry often does this where he just, like, gets all the information at, or, like, you know, like, has an epiphany and gets all of the plan at one time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like it would, but- like... I don't know. For me, I feel like it would be like, oh, Narrative after they get up, be like, oh, wait. <laughs> you know what I mean? Versus being like, we're just going to do it all now. Um, so, But I do yeah. think, like, this goes back to what I said um, last episode, I guess, is that in freezing, when he does and allowing Pettigrew to kind of escape, he never really does that again. He starts to think not just quick, more quickly, but he also starts to think more like Ron in like the strategic chess four moves ahead type mm-hmm. of way. 
And I didn't realize that it, I would be proven right so quickly um, <laughs> as in the next chapter. But I think that this is like the start of that when he's like, oh, we'll do this, we do this, we do this. And because he's thinking about like all of the moving pieces and then how he's going to get eventually out of the predicament he's in. Right. Very chess-like strategic thinking that way. Mm-hmm. Um, Hermione looked terrified. If we manage that without being seen, it'll be a miracle. Well, we've got to try, haven't we? Um, so they they leave and go down to um, the Forbidden Forest, like so they can be like kind of around Hagrid's hut. Um, if anyone's looking out the window, Hermione squeaked. We'll run for it, said Harry. Oh, well, first they're running; they just have to just book it across the grounds to the Forbidden mm-hmm. Forest. So that's the part that's a little like um, nerve wracking. Um, We'll run for it, said Harry. Straight into the forest, all right. We have to hide behind a tree or something and keep a lookout. Okay, but we'll go around by the greenhouses. Keep, we need to keep out of sight of Hagrid's front door or, or we'll see us. We must, sorry, it's still, it's weird to read, or we'll see us. Yeah. Um, we must be nearly at Hagrid's by now. Um, Harry's still kind of trying to keep, like, catch up to that because, again, it's also weird to hear. Um, so they tear across to the vegetable gardens, um, pause for a moment and set off again. Um, right. We just need to sneak over to Hagrid's keep out of sight, Harry. So like, that's the other thing is like, she keeps repeating this because Harry, like, like, and we'll see like Harry, you know, hears that, but doesn't totally understand the like ramifications of like, if they are seen, what could happen. Um, so she just kind of keeps saying it. Um, so yeah, so they made their way over to the, through the trees and they got in sight of um, Hagrid's hut. Um, it's us. We're wearing the invisibility cloak. Let us in and we can take it off. So then, yeah, so then it's weird because you can like hear a conversation that they already had. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and even Harry's like, this is the weirdest thing we've ever done, which is true. You know, fighting basilisks and, and memories from diaries. It's not. Flying a, flying a- car across to Hogwarts exactly by a car from a giant spider exactly you know what I mean going down past the three-headed dog into some devil snare none of that this is the weirdest actually none of it playing withered chess on live chess pieces Mm -hmm. don't top this no (laughs) um let's move along a bit Hermione whispered we need to get near to Buckbeak um, now, Harry whispered, no, if we steal him now, those committee people will think Hagrid set him free. We've got to wait until he's tied outside. That's going to give us about 60 seconds, said Harry. It was starting to seem impossible. Um, I so yeah, so like now. I the way that, um, Harry and Hermione work together. So her, Harry really does come up with the plan, but Hermione is there to like fill in the like logistical blanks of we need to free Buckbeat, but we need to free him in a manner that clears that or like saves Hagrid from any wrongdoing. Mm-hmm. Um, that also we need to um, save ourselves. Like you need to remember, like we can't be seen. Like constantly reiterating that. I think keep the secrets or whatever. I think this is the type of interactions between Harry and Hermione that make people kind of ship them, even if they don't ship their like romantically, like ship their friendship 
to the point where they can people can sometimes forget about Ron's role and why it's important and why right. And he, I think I think that's funny because for me, I always thought of this as like Hermione's. I always thought of this chapter as Hermione's Ron moment from Chamber of Secrets. Mm-hmm. To be honest, and so that's why I always think it's really interesting, and I know it's like partially a movie thing, um, in the way that people like tend to forget about Ron in some situations. Um, I always thought it was weird because I was like, nah, they equally got a moment. Like Chamber of Secrets, Hermione was petrified. And so Ron and Harry went and they went to the Chamber of Secrets and saved um, Jenny versus like this one where it's like Ron is took out. His leg is broken. He's exhausted. He's asleep. Hermione's the one with the time turner. Hermione gets to do it this time. Um, yeah. I don't, and the first and, one, it was all three of them. It was all three of them, right? And then, like, like, it just made sense to me in that way. So, so I never, like, yeah. I never shipped, like, Harry and Hermione's friendship more than I shipped Harry and Ron's. Yeah. Um, and again, I know that the movies have something to do with that because of the way that they, like, um, I think that after this particular movie, that's when they really start shipping Harry and Hermione. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's this one, and then we get the whole, well, it's fine. We'll get to it when we get to Goblet of Fire. Um, so, yeah. So, that, so also, this really quickly, because um, we're going to start kind of like going through this part kind of fast, but. That's Hagrid breaking the milk jug, Hermione whispered. I'm going to find Scabbers in a moment. So I'm pretty sure Hermione has a photographic memory, or at least, like, something close. And I feel like I may have mentioned this at some point, but, like, being smart isn't just remembering every. You know what I mean? Like, there's a difference between being smart and know, and remembering everything. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, like... I don't remember nothing, but I don't think I'm not... I think I'm smart. Right. Um... And there are, like, different ways to be smart, obviously, but then also, like, Hermione will literally be like, you said this one thing last year at 10.55 p.m. on a rainy day when we were in the Gryffindor common room. And and Hermione, and Harry won, like, there's a moment, I think it's in Order of the Phoenix or Half-Blood Prince, um, where Hermione, like, quotes Harry, and Harry's like, you remembered that? Like, I barely remembered saying that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I feel like Hermione, and that's just something, which is fine, and it's dope. Um, but I feel like nobody ever, they were just like, oh, she's just super smart, but not very many people are smart like that. That's and and like you said, it's a different thing. Like you can be dumb and have a photographic memory. It's mm-hmm. how you take the things that you remember and like, you know, move with them and the, move with that information in the world. Like you could be like, oh, we just got hair or Hagrid just broke the milk jug this is the perfect time to leave and you're like no because you guys leave very quickly after that this is not mm-hmm. a good you know what I mean like it doesn't negate her intellect but it does it like adds to it yeah it like yeah. gives her a little extra to be able to like make the plans it's a, it's and the smart. it's like she gets a little extra in, like you know information and like yeah um Hermione said Harry suddenly a, um, a pencil sorry you say it again she doesn't need a pensieve. No, she got it all. She got it. She just got to sift through in her mind. Um, Hermione said, Harry, suddenly, what if we, we just ran in there and grabbed Pettigrew? Or we just run in there and grabbed Pettigrew? No, said Hermione in a terrified whisper. Don't you understand? We're breaking one of the most important wizarding laws. Nobody's supposed to change time. Nobody. You heard Dumbledore. If we're seen, we'd only be seen by ourselves in Hagrid. Harry, what do you think you'd do if you saw yourself bursting into Hagrid's house? I'd, I'd think I got mad, or that I think there was some dark magic going on. 
Exactly. You wouldn't understand. You might even attack yourself. Don't you see? Professor McGonagall told me what awful things happen when wizards have meddled with time. Loads of them ended up killing their past or future selves by mistake. Um, so really quickly, um, that's kind of basically all that entire explanation screams just paradox. Yeah. <laughs> um, on so many, like we can really get into it. Like you, you go in to grab Pettigrew in that moment and then they don't y'all don't get dragged into down to the tree um and you don't find out about Sirius and you don't find out about Remus and you don't find out that it's actually Pettigrew and then how do you have him then why do you have scabbers in your hand what's going on it's like all it's just you can't do that um in addition to if you run in there um in addition being like if you would run in there you would have had to like fight three kids and a were I mean in a half giant um to get a rat and Ron wasn't ha- wouldn't have had that either in addition to Harry and Hermione being like what the fuck although I would like to to think that Hermione would know immediately what was going on because she has the time turner um yeah I would yeah. say though too that it also like he says you know I would think there's some dark magic going on they used Polyjuice Potion last year so the, it's why wouldn't you think like oh there's some motherfucker trying to trick me with polyjuice right. potion, right? Because that's the one thing that, like, you can relate to, and you're you, like you said, like Hermione might get the right, you know, she might end up being correct and be like, oh, I've been using the time turner all year, so this is probably what this is. Um, but Harry, who doesn't know anything about the time turner, Hagrid, who doesn't know that Hermione has a time turner, thinks that the professors who are teaching her know that she's doing all of these classes, but I don't know. Right. Um, also, how good is Hagrid in like a stressful situation, right? Well, like, that, and then also, I don't know that it all, I probably, it might also only depend on the professors that she's doubling up classes for. So I don't know if she's doubling up care of magical creatures with yeah. another class. But like potions and um, ancient runes, I think is what it is. Or something like the, that. Yeah. I can't and charms and um, whatever else. But yeah, so she's doubling up. Yeah, that's true. Because you would only want to tell the smallest amount of people as possible. Mm-hmm. And Hagrid, he just get a drink in him. He just tells everybody secrets all up in Everything. the pub. <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah, so that's the other thing. And then also, sorry, I just got to get a little deeper. So you you go in and you meet, like, even before you, um, because that's the other thing about this, sorry, because that's the other thing about this, like, chapter and the way that they do the time travel is that it all kind of, like, fills itself in so they're not really changing time no they're just doing they're just filling in the places where they're supposed to be to make sure that certain things happen um and and, i think that's what she says too right like we can't change time so it's like they don't change what their past selves have done it's just that exactly they leave haggard's hut oh buckbeat's not there anymore Mm-hmm. But he, right you know. because that's it's what happened in the past and that's the thing with Dumbledore is he's like I think that Dumbledore when he says you may be able to save more than one innocent life I think in that moment it clicks you know what I mean so he's like Buckbeak died and Harry and Hermione are sitting here in the thing there's an opportunity I already know it worked at least half, like the first half of it worked yeah you know what I mean so let's I gotta send them so that's the other thing or Buck- is him being like I can't do it could also be like oh I already know that this happens because he was there for the Buckbeak disappearance um because the in reality whoa so in reality the 
Executioner McNair has always only hit the pumpkin. Mm-hmm. He never killed Buckbeak. Buckbeak no. was never dead because he was never there. Whoa! Yeah. Oh, double. <laughs> Told you. It's the best thing ever. I yeah, mean, no, he I never killed Buckbeak. I love time travel, but I didn't. Yeah, he never killed Buckbeak. Oh. <laughs> you didn't? <laughs> Let's just give Robin a moment. <laughs> <laughs> he never killed Buffy. He always he never killed Buffy. Buffy yeah. was never there. No. Because they were always meant to go back. So they had always gone back. Mm-hmm. Time loops. <laughs> Insert emoji of mine blown. <laughs> Yep. We got to keep going because I, I could be stuck here for a long time. Okay. Um, never so Hermione nudged him. He never killed right Buckbeak. Castle. Sorry. He never killed Buck. Um, so Dumbledore, Fudge, and the old committee, the old committee member and McNair were coming down the steps. Um, we're about to come out. Not we. Let's hit each other. Let's hit ourselves in the head with a rock. Um, that's not what happened. They were already about. Why aren't to we moving? <laughs> like no. No. Um, so moments later, Hagrid's back door opened and Harry saw himself, Ron and Hermione, walking out of it with Hagrid. Um, so, yeah, so we just kind of see Harry, Ron, and Hermione kind of, like, trying to help Hagrid and then also, like, offering to stay again. And Hagrid's like, nah, fam, you can't get in trouble. Um, one of the other things I really like about this chapter, which is also why it's long, but, that, but like, it goes through the past three chapters that we just read. Yeah, um, and like also so, like perfect wording of it's bad enough without you lot getting in trouble. He says that like mm-hmm. word for word, so good. Yeah, lit. Um, so then, but then we hear a conversation that we didn't hear the last time. Um, the execution party arrived. Hagrid turned around and headed back into his cabin, leaving the back door ajar. Um, where's the beast? Came the cold vo- voice of McNair. Exactly. He's a majestic being. Um, Outside, Hagrid croaked. Harry pulled his head out of sight as McNair's face appeared at Hagrid's window, staring out at Buckbeak. Then they heard Fudge. We uh, have to read you the official notice of execution, Hagrid. I'll make it quick. Um, So again, he's very much just about, like, appearance. Let's get it over with and not, like, let's actually do our job in a thorough manner. Um, And then you and McNair need to sign it. Different oh. would it be if Fudge would just take a fucking moment to do his job thoroughly, you know, and correctly? Plot. How many lives would be spared? <laughs> Moving on. Mm-hmm. Very true. Um, and then you and McNair need to sign it. McNair, you're supposed to listen to. That's procedure. Um, McNair's face vanished from the window. One thing. Oh. Um, mm-hmm. like where's the beast? Said the cold voice of McNair. McNair face appears in the window. Um, McNair, pay attention. You've got to sign and listen to. It's part of the procedure. So he, like, he is so ready to kill Buckbeat. Oh, yeah. He's so, like, oh, I get to, let's do this. He's like, like, what a psychopath. He's a problem. But he's also a death eater, so, you know. Um, wait here, Her- Harry tur- whispered to Hermione, I'll do it. Um, so Harry darts, darts out into the pumpkin patch. 
Um, it is it is the decision of the Committee for the Disposal of Dangerous Creatures that the Hippogriff Buckbeak, hereafter called the Condemned, shall be executed on the 6th of June at sundown. Um, hereafter called the Condemned. Can June 6th be, like, time travel day or some shit? I mean, it probably, no, because, like, there are other time travel. We can do it. Stories, but... Wizard team time travel day. It can be like Buckbeak Appreciation Day or something Buckbeak like that. Buckbeak and Sirius got off. Yeah. Some shit. Yeah. Oh, it's a it holiday. Called, it could be called like um, Freedom Day. Or, or Fuck You Fudge Day. I don't know. <laughs> That's not a good one. We'll like, figure it out. You know, like Juneteenth is yeah. like. When. Juneteenth is a good name, but I, obviously we're not taking Juneteenth. Back <laughs> Don't even at me. Don't at me. I'm just saying, like, it's a good name to remember an auspicious occasion. So if you guys have any, if Wither Team has any ideas for how we would, what we would proclaim June 6th to be, I think it's like, you know, Freedom Day or um, Escape Day or Time Turner Day. Who knows? Something. Who knows? Something. Um, um, Innocence Day. Innocence Day. Maybe. Or Innocent. Victory for Innocence or something. I don't know. We'll figure it out. We'll we have it out. Um, careful not to blink. <laughs> um, careful not to blink. Harry stared up into Buckbeak's fierce orange eyes and um, moved forward and bowed. Um, Buckbeak bowed back. I'm, I feel like it's probably just easier to like do that if you're already acquainted. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Buckbeak's like, oh, I remember you. So, um, yeah. Um, sentence to execution by beheading to be carried out by the committee's appointed executioner, Walden McNair. Walden McNair, Walder Walden. Frey. Yeah. Fuck him. Um, fuck him, fuck him, fuck him. Come on, Buckbeak. Come on. We're going to help you quietly, quietly. As witness below, Hagrid, you sign here. Um, so Harry is like trying to pull Buckbeak away, but Buckbeak had dug in his front feet. Well, let's get this over with, said the reedy voice of the committee member. Hagrid, perhaps it will be better if you stay inside. No, I, I want to be with him. I don't want him to be alone. Footsteps echoed from within the cabin. cabin. Buckbeak moved, Harry hissed. Harry tugged harder on the rope around Buckbeak's neck. The hippogriff began to walk, rustling its wings irritably. There were still ten feet from the forest in plain view of Hagrid's back door. One moment, please, McNair, came Dumbledore's voice. You need to sign, too. I wonder if Dumbledore saw him. <laughs> he may not yeah, have, but I but feel like it would be hilarious if he, like, saw Harry pulling Buckbeak away and was yeah. like, oh, I see my services are, are required. Yeah. Um, I think, too, I, I was just thinking about this. Like, this just popped into my head, so... I think that Dumbledore, like the way that Hermione has a photographic memory, he has very good instincts and, you know, he's old as hell and he's mm-hmm. just learned to really trust them. Like, I think I, I feel for some reason I need to stall. Right. I'm going to stall. Mm-hmm. Instead of like, like I have, when I have like these instinctual, like, I feel like this is going to happen. I try to be like, okay, no, that's in your head. It's not based on fact or it's not based on anything. Right. Um, Dumbledore at this point in his life is like, go with it. It popped into your head for a reason. It'll serve you well. It always has right. in the past. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's just like, and there might be like some magical thing about it. Um, 
that he is a wizard or something like that, but just knowing when he feels these instincts to not question it and just act on them. Yeah. So like, just run with it. Yeah. Um, Harry um, hurried the night he mouthed. Harry could still hear Dumbledore's voice talking from within the cabin. He gave the rope another wrench. Buckbeak broke into a grudging trot. They had reached the trees. Quick, quick, Hermione moaned. Um, she grabbed the rope, too, to add her weight to make Buckbeak move faster. Um, they were blocked. They finally got into the um, forest. Stop, uh, he whispered to Hermione. They might hear us. Um, Haggard's back door had opened with a bang. Harry, Hermione, and Buckbeak stood quite still. Even the hippogriffs seemed to be listening intently. Silence. Then, where is it? Where is the beast? He was tied here, said the executioner. I saw it. Just here. How extraordinary, said Dumbledore. There was a note of amusement in his voice. So the way Beaky, in which... Sorry, sorry. Oh, no, go ahead. The way in which Remus is, like, curious, or hello. Yep. Becomes very, like, um, cheery in, like, these situations. And you know the what it is? Amused and there's no chill. Like, no you know, chill. What, you know what it is that, I like, it occurred to me when I was listening to the episode where we were talking about that with Remus? Is that it's very much like the doctor, you know? Like, when the doctor's in the middle of some, like, heavy-ass shit, and he's like, beautiful. <laughs> you're very beautiful. <laughs> it's like, um, except you're about to, like, they're trying to kill you, but cool. Um, like, it's like, we... you're just fascinating. Like, this, how is this working? And you're like, um, it's not the time. Um, yeah, so I, that's, like, I love that. Especially, yeah, Dumbledore and Remus are... And I'm, like, one of these people where um, I was actually telling my friends about my time in Chicago, and he was like, you did what now? Because I spent a night just being like I'm going on an adventure and just like went on an adventure can't relate. um huh I said can't relate <laughs> yeah um but I I have to be but to, for me I have to be in the it's got to be the right time and the right mood everything lines up perfectly and I'm just mm-hmm. like you know what fuck it I'm just gonna let caution like leave caution to the wind and go and do like go where the night takes me um and my whole thing is like, but I'll get a good story out of it, right? This is what I tell myself in the middle sometimes when I start to like let my, you know, anxiety or my a bit my inhibitions like seep back in. Um, and I think the Dumbledore and the Doctor and you know, there's something about this like long life thing where it's like I've seen a lot of things and I've never seen this before, and this right. is fascinating. You know, and I'm gonna enjoy it. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, Beaky said Hagrid husk- huskily. Um, there was a swishing nud noise and the thud of an axe. The executioner seemed to have swung it into the fence in anger, and then came the howling. And this time, they could hear Hagrid's words through his sobs. Gone, gone. Bless his little beak. He's gone. Must have pulled himself free. Beaky, you clever boy. Uh, Buckbeak started to strain, trying to get back to Hagrid. Um, someone untied him to the executioner. We should search the grounds, the forest. McNair, if Buckbeak has indeed been stolen, do you really think the, th- the thief would have led him away on foot? Search the skies, if you will. Hagrid, I could do with a cup of tea or a large brandy. Just He's so great. Peak Dumbledore. Um, of course, Professor. Come in, come in. Um, so Harry and Hermione listened closely. They heard footsteps and the soft cursing of the executioner, the snap of the door and silence once more. 
Um, they decide they're going to hide in the uh, forest. They have to wait until they've gone back up to the castle and then wait till it's safe to fly Buckbeak up to Sirius's window, um, which won't be for a couple of hours. We're going to have to move, said Harry, thinking hard. We've got to be able to see the Whomping Willow or we, or we won't know what's going on. Um, okay, but we've got to keep out of sight, Harry, remember. Um, so they go through the forest to the other side where the Willow is. They see Ron... Um, running after scabbers. They see two more figures materialize out of nowhere. Um, see Ron dive. They see Sirius. Come out of nowhere at the dog. Yep. <laughs> Saw him bowl Harry over and sees Ron. Um, again, Sirius did not have any chill in that situation, no matter what angle you look at it from. Um, Looks even worse from here, doesn't it, said Harry. <laughs> Ouch, look, I got, I just got walled by that tree, and so did you. This is weird. <laughs> um, that was Crookshanks pressing the knot and there we go we're in um, so they're kind of just like watching this like very traumatic thing that they just went through Which okay that they, oh go, go ahead. ahead sorry I was going to say that and then the moment they disappear or no seconds after they disappear Dumbledore, McNair and Fudge and the, uh, the committee member walk out like leave Hagrid's hut so they just missed that whole ass thing that just happened <laughs> like yo and that's like also another thing that i'm thinking about dumbledore's intuition and stuff because he doesn't say oh let's go back to the castle in which case they would have seen all that bullshit he's like let's mm-hmm. get some tea and some brandy yeah and then we'll go back to the castle i mean that but then also and then then it's funny because then you think like oh in the past if they if somehow like that had happened if it had taken longer or if like Ron hadn't mm-hmm. like let go, you know what I mean? Like so, if any something like Dumbledore, McNair, and Fudge, and the committee member could have come out and seen all of that happen. Um, and then it's like, what would have happened if they saw a dog drag Ron under a tree? Like, none of them know about the Animagus. Like, I'm sure Fudge would be like, "Oh my god, we have to do something!" And then Harry, Ron, Hermione already ran after Ron, and then Dumbledore's Ooh. like, "All right, you know what I mean?" There's just certain things that it starts to start, like. You know, Right after we've gone down the passage, said Hermione, if only Dumbledore would have come with us. And then mm-hmm. Harry bitterly says, McNair and Fudge would have come too. And I bet you anything Fudge would have told McNair to murder Sirius on the spot. Right. Like, so it's funny how I mean, it's funny, convenient or whatever, but like it's everything is so like dependent on this happening or this not happening. But that's really, like, also just, like, life in general, right? Mm -hmm. Um, FYI, had you not said, hey, can I get an extra 30 minutes before we start recording? I would not have found that comic book store. I would not have spent a bunch of money that I didn't need to spend. I mean, Nacho would not have got a new book. And I wouldn't have got the ultimate Spider-Man trade paperback, so... You know, yeah, I mean... (laughs) come out of that, but... Right, I mean, now I'm, like, wondering if this is, like... And I don't want to say just this book, obviously, because, like, it's... I was pretty young, and, like, I'm sure there were some other things that contributed to this, but, like, the the idea that, like, everything happens for a reason, and so even if it sucks and it's, like, some bullshit, it's like, well, no, it had to happen this way, because if it didn't, then some other shit would have... You know what I mean? Yeah. I was just talking about this to um, my squad, and then we'll get back to this. Um, I have a new squad. Shout out Portia and Deborah, our reader, our listeners, and Connie, and okay, okay, Cynthia. Okay. Okay, but anyway, (laughs) so, um, but we were actually we were talking about like 
the having the fear of failure and the fact that I am so over being scared to fail because this entire, like my entire last year has was built upon like two and a half pretty huge failures back to back to back. And had I been like very scared to fail after that, like I don't want another failure on my resume or in my life like I can't handle that then like my life would have been so different but instead I was like fuck it I've already like hit like the worst you know what I mean like I've already failed on such a big scale that Mm -hmm. like I know what that is and I know that I can survive that so I might as well swing for the fences which is what I've done and now I'm like speaking at LeakyCon and going to GeekGirlCon next week and you know like I wouldn't have had the um wherewithal to like go after or to even try those things because they scared me so much if I hadn't have had those like failures and they turned out to be not I mean they were terrible they were really they really sucked I don't Mm -hmm. I don't want to like diminish like the anguish that I went through but um but the at the end of the day, like I came out on the other side. Okay. Right. Alive, right. And like part of that is like learning from mistakes if they were like in your control. And then like, also it's just like, like karma like, and shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you can only like only so much can happen to the point where you're like, all right, bro, like now we gotta let's get some good things in there. Exactly. Um but I do think though, um, like yeah. everything happens for a reason is a trope that long before Harry Potter and will like this long after. But I do think that this is a good way. Um, And these are things that in which like they show up in culture a lot because they show up in life. Right. And so I think at the point of prisoner of Azkaban, Harry Potter is already kind of a phenomenon. And this might've been, I'm totally guessing and like generalizing. I don't know Joe yet. (laughs) Um, but so I don't know if this is in her thought process, but I would assume like, she's like, I, Joe had hit kind of rock bottom by the time, um, Sorcerer's Stone got published. And then now at this point, she's like the biggest thing happened to, um, children's lit or young adult literature in decades. So it does make sense that she would write Prisoner of Azkaban with this this lean to things will work out. Like, no matter how bleak something seems, like, if you just push past it, things will work out. And it may not work out how you wanted it to. You know what I mean? Like, the conversation that um, Sirius and Harry have is, like, let's move in together and, you know, like, build a family and, like, be there for each other. And, like, that, they don't get that dream but they don't get a dead serious and you know what I mean? Like they still get a really mm-hmm. to have a relationship and Harry gets to use Sirius's presence as like, you know, whatever on the dirt sleeve. Mm-hmm. So it, it may not work out the way that you um, dreamed it to be. It may not be like the perfect ending, but um, at the end of the day, something good comes out of it. Right. Yeah. And I think that like, I think that's one of the reasons I also, I mean, I love time travel and like whatever iteration that it 
comes in but i think with this one in particular you know when you hear people say like everything happens for a reason which is why i don't usually say it because it sounds hella like corny and also a little bit dismissive to like whatever the situation you're actually in in the moment is um like when you say it to yourself or when you know what i mean or when you try to like i don't even say it like that specifically um like i don't use that phrasing generally um even when i'm saying it to myself like it'll it's different when it's coming from you but when it's like Mm -hmm. coming from other people it can like not really Um, yeah but in this situation it's like literally everything's Mm -hmm. happening for you know what i mean because it's like it's time travel and it's like there's not and i think it's a really interesting way to demonstrate things that are not really in your control um and then also that can be in your control but that you should like let go and like let it happen um yeah, it's just like it's really interesting and like I mean, yeah, because if we go back out. to like we should just bust in there and grab scabbers and Hermione breaking down all the ways in which that could go wrong, mm-hmm. but also like anything is possible, right? Like this is the thing I love the most about time travel, right? Is that like with with every decision you make, you spurn off these like alternate universes, right? Like um, in Doctor Who, the go left episode, like what happens if Donna would have gone left instead of right, you know, mm-hmm. and the whole world changes. Um, the thing that you can control is putting yourself in that position and thinking through your actions and knowing no matter what, that your actions will lead to consequences and being okay with that. And then like yeah. moving on. So you can't like, cause Harry could have easily, wanted to go get Pettigrew, Hermione shoots him down, and he's like, well, what's the point? Right. You know what I mean? Or, like, they could have stayed and just, like, looked at the clock and hoped for the best that they mm-hmm. flew to the, um, you know, but Harry's like, no, we need to go near the Whomping Willow so we know for sure where we are. You know what I mean? So, like, you make, you you do have control over putting yourself in the best position and seizing opportunities when they come. Um, you don't know how that's going to turn out, but you, you want to have like faith in yourself that it turns out well, but the, the time travel aspect of this, um, which is also a life lesson in general is that you can't change the past, which is another like kind of trope, right? Like, Mm -hmm. and Hermione says like, we can't change the past. We can't meddle with what we've done. Like we made those decisions and those decisions are the reason why we're, where we're at right now, Mm -hmm. but you can, you have complete control over what you do in the future from there on, from where you're at at that moment, moving forward. Mm -hmm. I just want to say, sorry, really quickly. If it picks up on a microphone, somebody's doing some, somebody got like a karaoke machine outside. I don't know what's happening. It's not picking up on the microphone. Okay, cool. Because it's getting on my nerves. I'm like, what are you talking about? Go away. It's 10.49 p.m. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm an old crab in a 22-year-old's body. You are 22 on a Friday night complaining about people hopping. I am. They need to go to sleep. Dag nab it. Imagine. What is it? What did you say? Um, Cod's wallop. Cod's wallop. Load of old tosh. Load of old tosh. Um... Yeah, okay. Um, so they watched the four men climb the castle steps and disappear from view. For a few minutes, the scene was deserted. Um, and then Lupin comes out. 
Um, clouds were obscuring the moon completely. So again, does he not change on a stormy night during the full moon? Who knows? Um, they watch Lupin seize a broken branch from the ground and prod the knot on the trunk. Um, and then Lupin disappears into the gap in its roots. If only he grabbed the cloak, said Harry. It's just lying there. He turned to Hermione. If I just dashed out now and grabbed it, Snake never be able to get it. And Harry, we mustn't be seen. How can you stand this? He asked, just standing there and watching it happen. I'm going to grab the cloak. Harry, no. Um, Hermione sees the back of Harry's robes. Not a moment too soon. Just then, um, they heard a burst of song. It was Hagrid making his way up to the castle, singing at the top of his voice and weaving slightly as he walked. A large bottle was swinging from his hands. Why is he going toward the castle? He's going to go get turked up at the, in the kitchens with the elves. I, I mean, okay. Listen, why does Hagrid do anything that he does? Like, boy, go get drunk at Hogsmeade like, at the Hogshead. That's what I'm saying. You're going in the wrong direction. Why does he do anything? But okay. He's already drunk. Why is he? Never mind. It's fine. Um, see, Hermione whispered, see what would have happened. We've got to keep out of sight. No Buckbeak. Um, so the, hippo- the, the hippogriff is trying to get back to Hagrid. Um, so again, and even and like Hermione is super right. And then just adding on to that, if Harry had taken the cloak, then what are the events that would have changed? And then again, like just things would have changed to the point where like, they wouldn't be in the situation they are now to make the changes. And then like paradox, just shit just blows up time and space all obliterated because of you, and Harry Potter. Like a really interesting dynamic. It really showcases the differences between Harry and Hermione. Um, and it goes back to kind of what I was saying earlier about why people kind of ship them. Cause they, the thing about the trio in general, no matter what, like not, it's not even Harry and Hermione. It's the three of them. They bring out the best in each other, and they also, like, help to dampen the other's impulses, right? So you need that, because Harry is, like, for it, right? And Mm -hmm. Harry's, like, not, it's not, I mean, it is recklessness, but it's also just kind of a, like, an inhibition of whatever it is to, like, put himself in mortal peril or whatever that is. Um, It comes comes in handy at times when Hermione wants to stop and think, I'm thinking of it's a line in the movie. I'm not sure if it's in um, Deathly Hallows or not. When Harry tells Hermione, all we do is plan and plan. And when have our plans ever worked out? They don't. Let's just go. Like I have this gut feeling. Let's just do it. Um, And Hermione needs that moment. Right. Because she needs to be like, yeah, you're right. Like, yeah, so, but in this in this moment, like this moment, Harry, Hermione is the per- this part moment kind of shows why Hermione is the only person in their year, or probably like period, um, <laughs> who could be like trusted with a time turner. Yeah, because, because like, she does, and like maybe it's a photographic memory. Maybe it's I mean, to Hermione is though she does understand that paradox of we don't under I don't know what I mean we're changing so like yeah, that also just like the rules you know what i mean like yeah and it's been annoying in some moments like in the past and it like will be in the future too but like it's very much just like we're not supposed to do this this is breaking the rules so we're not gonna do it and like at this point she also understands like partially like the larger ramifications of it at least just like if we're seen like it's gonna fuck everything up um 
but a part of that just in her nature is to be like, they said we couldn't do this, so we can't do it. And in this moment, it's super important that that's what yeah, she's Yeah, and we see like, after Lainey grows up the understanding of like what rules exist for what reasons and being mm-hmm. able to parse that better of like, well, this rule, like, especially when Umbridge comes, right? Like, these rules are made for different reasons. This has nothing to do with like our overall safety. This has nothing to do with whatever. Um, and maybe we're just lucky at this moment, whether or not she's able to parse that, we're not sure. But the rules of time travel, and this goes back to, you know, keep the secret, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, the rules of time travel have been set because people have killed themselves in the past. Mm-hmm. Like They have gone through, and this is for what's best for the person. And they end up eventually just being like, fuck it, we can't control any of this, so we're just going to get rid of it. It's not, like... Well, that's not really what happened. What happened is they got yeah. destroyed, and they were like, well, we couldn't really control it all that well. I mean, you know like, it's I mean? for the they best. They destroyed, and they were like, it's for the best, because it. Yeah. there's too many variables that we can't really control. Um, yeah, so I think, like... We're, I don't know whether or not we're just lucky that this happens to be one of those rules that are set for the greater good. I put that in quotes, but I don't know a better way to say it. Um, that she decides to follow, obviously plot and whatever, but that also by the time we get to um, Order of the Phoenix, she's starting, I mean, she's older and she's starting to realize like the nuance between what rules are there for your protection and for your safety and what rules are there to maintain the status quo and to uphold these systems that like should probably be torn down. And I mean, I think something we should think about like in, like, I think once we get to order the Phoenix and we should just play it, pay attention to in Goblet of Fire is like, I mean, I feel like every book is a transition period for the next book, like between the two. So just like when we get to order the Phoenix thinking about Hermione and like the rest of the trio in Prisoner of Azkaban versus them post like Voldemort coming back and Cedric dying and all that kind of stuff. Um, Cause I think that that's the other thing is like, you see, kind of see in Goblet of Fire, how they kind of move away from how they were in Prisoner of Azkaban. But then there's like a very like finite point where like shit changes. Um, and just like how that changes all of them is interesting. Yeah, I think, um, and we'll move on after this because long chapter, but I do think that's important. And I think that the ending, and this really starts to happen in this book, the understanding of kind of politics in the, in the larger sense of staying in power and who does what and how that starts to infiltrate into these kind of sacred spaces, right? So we're not... And this happens in, like, the real world, too. Like, I kind of think of Hogwarts similar to, like, others. Well, you know, like, even if we think about, like, school shootings and, like, the reason why they're so jarring is because, like, we're not, like, you're not supposed to be confronted with that level of violence or, you know, these are, like, protected spaces where you're allowed to, like, learn and explore and make mistakes in, like, a safer kind of environment. And the same thing with, like, college on a bigger, you know, every every kind of level you go up you get a little bit more leeway you get a little bit more freedom but there is this understanding that you're you're being allowed to explore all of these things in a kind of a safe environment um and so 
that will that sets you up for the real world, but is um, is decidedly not the real world. And so for them to kind of see these things infiltrate um, Hogwarts and like have these understandings of, you know, we're okay as long as Dumbledore is around or Dumbledore would never steer us wrong or the teacher, you know what I mean? Like these kind of things are getting set up to where it's like, okay, that should be true, but that is not always the case. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the politics of the real world seep into these like safe, sacred spaces. Yeah. Okay. Um, so barely two minutes later, the castle doors flew open yet again, and Snape came charging out of them, running toward the room. Man, if only Hagrid, drunk Hagrid could have stalled him or something. Um, Harry's fists clenched as he watched Snape skid to a halt, um, and he grabbed the cloak and held it up. Get your filthy hands off it, Harry snarled under his breath. <laughs> Shh. Uh, Hermione's like, dude, we ain't got time. Um, so... Like, this is literally this and I thought it was the book five but book three sets the point of no return oh no like book three is like peak Snape oh yeah but I mean I thought that like I don't know I don't maybe I just was not remembering how Snapey Snape got but like at this moment like there is no changing Harry's mind about yeah absolutely not there's no redemption of this relationship like Snape can't do anything else because you're willing to let and again Harry has known at this point the truth about Sirius for three hours pop you're so to me it's like it's more the principle of it you're willing to let an innocent man die to hold on to your fuck ass like grudges and whatever than you are to like see the truth why should I ever give you any leeway or forgive anything that you do because you're you're pathetic mm-hmm. and it's set in stone in President of Azkaban and it only hardens like moving forward and you yeah. know what valid because you are bitch ass terrible. okay we still have 10 more pages so okay, but he's the worst. Can we I just know. That? I know. Um, I hate him. So that's okay. So that's it. So they now they're just waiting. Um, Harry, there's something I don't understand. Why didn't the Dementors get serious? I remember them coming, and then I think I passed out. There were so many of them. Um, Harry sat down too and explains that he saw um, something silver gallop across the lake. A real one. It's a powerful one. Mm-hmm. Um, but who conjured it? Um, Harry didn't say anything. Um, was it one of the teachers? No, it wasn't a teacher, but it must have been a really powerful wizard to drive those Dementors away. And this is um, um, where he goes into give me back my wand, Tom. Not even give me back Well, my not wand, really. Tom. I don't think that that's what this is. I don't know um, what this is, but this is... No, this is different. This so is what it is is that Harry... Moment. There's no logic. No, but I don't think that that's the thing. I think that Harry knows, like, you know, he's not, it's not like the movies where he's like, I saw my dad and it was great. You know what I mean? He says it where he's like, I saw him, but maybe I imagined it. I wasn't thinking straight. I passed out right after. I think Um, it was my dad. Like, he's, he's, he knows that what he's saying doesn't make sense. Um, And he's trying to, like, not be excited about yeah, it. you know what I mean? like he's trying to quell his emotions yeah, so I think it's very back and says, emotional thing. your dad well he's dead and he's and Harry's like I know that I know it sounds crazy 
Um, he looked at Buckbeat, um, and he says, thinking about his father and about his oldest friends, many warm-shell pets and prongs, thinking about how crazy this night has been, right. um, how many times they've been out on the town or out on these grounds. Um, Wormtail reappeared. Mooney was here being Mooney. Like it all kind of like harkens back to their school days and, you know, it's a full moon. Let's go get into some mischief. So he, he does like, understand that it's crazy but he still is like you know this is the one time where he's like it's a magic school man i don't know right he's like he's like, peter came back from the dead right <laughs> like so, so like it could possibly be my dad could possibly have done that too um yeah. so um yeah the but i also think that he doesn't fully but it's not like again it's not like the movies where he's like it was my dad yeah, i know it because i saw like, it. so, it's like mm, this may not be yeah like, I, I I think he like recognizes that in himself he really wants it to be, but he doesn't like. But he also knows that it probably isn't, and like is yeah. impossible. Like he um, he understands the difference between like the hope of it being his dad and knowing like Hermione. Like let's break this down and like think about a more plausible explanation than this. So mm-hmm. they're sitting there and he's thinking about it. Um, and over after over an hour, they start to come back. Um, Harry and Ron got to their, or Hermione and Ron got to their feet. Um, Buckbeat raises his head. They see Lupin, Ron, and Pettigrew clumbering awkwardly out of the hole in the roots, followed by an unconscious snake drifting. Um, Harry, Hermione, and Black follow after. His heart starts to beat very fast. Um, Harry, we've got to stay put, Hermione tells him. We mustn't be seen. There's nothing we can do. So we're not, so we're just going to let Pettigrew escape all over again. How do you expect expect to find a rat in the dark? There's nothing we can do, snapped Hermione. We came back to help Sirius. We're not supposed to be doing anything else. And then he gets kind of mad. He's like, all right. You know. And, and again, this is why she was given the time turner. Yeah. And like because, no one else. I mean, this is what the third time now that she's had to reiterate to him. Like, right. No. Like, dude, <laughs> we cannot do this. Yeah. Period. Also, um, like she's and and I think that she does use more more than just being like it's the rule. She does try to be a little bit more realistic. Like, how are you going to even find him? Right. You know what I mean? Like, remember, like we can't see you. Don't want yourself to see yourself. We've already talked about that, right? Like, don't just go running off without a plan. It's not worth it. We can't do mm-hmm. it. If only they had accidentally stepped on Pettigrew. Oh, that would have really solved lots of problems. So, there goes Lupin. Said Hermione. Um, he's transforming. Hermione, we've got to move. We must say, I keep telling you not to interfere. Lupin's going to run into the forest right at us. Um, one thing that I really love is that they still call him Lupin and they don't say, the werewolf's coming for us. Like, yeah. like they don't dehumanize him. Like, they're very clear that, like, it's still Professor Lupin. Um, and that's, like, a, a very clear shift from how um, Snape talks about and even how they thought about him initially when they thought that he was on Sirius's side yeah and that Sirius was still a notorious mass murder um where they're like you're a werewolf and then even Ron's like get away from me werewolf you know what I mean yeah. like they were all thinking that versus in this moment they're like nah he's he's cool um, so they um they dash to untie Buckbeak Buck quick where are we gonna go where are we gonna hide they gotta get away from 
Lupin the werewolf. Um, and, you know, the Dementors will be coming any moment. So they go back to Hagrid's empty hut. Um, Buckbeak canters along behind it. I kind of love the dichotomy of, like, we talked about Crookshanks being like, welcome to my Caucasian Cheeky Shack. And mm-hmm. now it's just like, whoa, I mean, right. you wouldn't let me go see Hagrid. And you just pull me this way and you pull me that way. But mm-hmm. I'm not Russian. I exactly. ain't in no rush. You know? <laughs> Meanwhile, there's a werewolf behind them. Buckbeak's <laughs> like, I ain't in danger. Right? Um, so uh, the cabin was in sight. Her, Harry skidded to the door, wrenched it open in Hermione, and Buckbeak flashed past him. Harry threw himself in after them and bolted the door. And Fang barked loudly because Fang got to be Fang. Mm-hmm. Um, Howard. <laughs> um, so yeah, so they're sitting around. Um, I think I better go outside again, you know, said Harry. I can't see what's going on. We don't, we won't know when it's time. Um, Hermione was a little suspicious. I'm not going to try and interfere. Um, but what if, but if we don't see what's going on, how are we going to know when it's time to rescue Sirius? One, no one has a watch. Right? This is when the, like, visiting world, t- like, and electricity doesn't really work well together. Wait, but they have non-electric watches. Yeah, I was gonna say analog watches. You yeah, the digital kind. No, that's why it's weird. But, um, but again, so what '90s kid has an analog watch? I don't know. See, that's where this gets weird. It's true. I don't know. Plot. Maybe Ron does, but Ron is sleeping. Like, these are two muggle... But that's the thing, like, like 17-year-olds are... I mean, I guess they're 13, but you know what I mean? Like, 17-year-olds are given watches, like, when they turn 17. Like, that's a thing they are. in the wizarding world. Ron wow. gets a watch on his birthday. Harry gets a watch on his birthday. Yeah. I don't um, know. Your memory Fun facts memory. with Bayana. Um, <laughs> Harry um, went back outside, um, and he's like... He stares out toward the lake. He's thinking about the Patronus again. Um, and there were the mentors. They were emerging out of the darkness with, from every direction, gliding around the edges of the lake. They were moving away from where Harry stood to the opposite bank. He wouldn't have to get near them. Um, Harry began to run because that's what Harry does. He had no thought in his head except his father. If it was him, if it really was him, he had to know, had to find out. Um, well, Hermione really should have went with him. Because Harry can't, whatever. Um, the lake was coming near and near. There was no sign. Yeah, he was like, I'm not going to do it. I know, I can't be seen. And he's like, let's go. Got a blast. He's like, immediately. <laughs> um, so on the opposite bank, he could see the tiny glimmers of, his, of silver, his own attempts at a Patronus. Um, Harry threw himself behind a bush, peering through the leaves on the opposite bank. The glimmers of, of silver were suddenly extinguished. A terrified excitement shot through him any moment now. Come on, he muttered. Where are you? Dad, come on. But no one came. Harry raised his head to look at the circle of Dementors across the lake. One of them lowered its hood. It was time for the rescuer to appear, but no one was coming to help this time. And then it hit him. He understood. He hadn't seen his father. He had seen himself. He flung himself out from behind the bush and pulled out his wand. Expecto! Patronum. Um, his patronum, his patronus, um, burst out of the end of his wand, not a shapeless cloud, but a blinding, dazzling silver animal. He screwed up his eyes trying to see what it was. It looked like a horse. It was galloping silently away from him. Um, 
Now it was galloping around and around the black shapes on the ground, and the Dementors were falling back, scattering, retreating into the darkness. They were gone. The Patronus returned. It was cantering back for Terry across the still surface of the water. It wasn't a horse. It wasn't a unicorn either. It was a stag. It was shining brightly as the moon above. It was coming back to him. This makes me think of two things, and I'm going to be quick because I know. Um, in Britain, they call like a bachelor party a stag do. Why? Why? Oh. What's up with them in the deers? I don't understand. And then mm-hmm. um, we talked about how like Remus really had no control over his, his Patronus being a wolf because his name is Wolfie McWolferson from Wolftown. And mm-hmm. um, I wonder like what it is about Harry and James that has that. I mean, from, I, not so much Harry because Harry's dad, I think, comes a lot from the similarities between him and his father and wanting to live up to his father's legacy without actually knowing who his father is, mm-hmm. right? So I think that has a lot to do with why Harry's Patronus is a stag. But what it is legacy. About, what is a legacy? It's counting seeds in the garden, or it's planting seeds in the garden you never get to see. And those seeds are Literally. Harry. Oh, God. <laughs> why do we do this to ourselves? I hate you. The field. I didn't even go that far. I was just saying it because it sounds just plant. Seeds in the garden, and that garden becomes hairy. Anyway, but what is it about James, and like, what does that mean to have a stag? And like, um, I'm thinking back to Bambi, and like, when Bambi's dad comes in to like save the day and to be a hero and like sacrifice kind of himself, but even though he gets killed by a hunter, whatever. Um, do you remember Bambi? You're too young for Bambi. Bambi. I've seen Bambi. It's just been a really long time. Yeah, it's been a long time for me too. But Bambi is the truth. Um, yeah, but I'm just thinking about like what those, what those, um, (laughs) traits are in the stag and how, I mean, I don't know because I didn't look that up or whatever, but it's just interesting, like what that is Mm -hmm. because the way that Harry, um, like looks at it with reverence and also like the kind of. And, and not even this isn't doesn't just exist in Harry Potter, but in the world uh, around like the majest the ma- majesty of and like how great like the big you know like their their horns and how they just like kind of crown their head and mm-hmm. you know they're not they're obviously not like Mufasa king of the jungle or whatever, but they are like very majestic and like graceful creatures and what that signifies in James. It's yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, the Patronus um, turned and it cantered back toward Terry across the still surface of the water. It stopped on the bank. Its hooves made no mark on the soft ground as it stared at Harry with its large silver eyes. Slowly it bowed its head or bowed its antlered head and Harry realized prongs, he whispered. The field. Put a heart next to that. The field. Um, Harry stood there, his hand still outstretched um, after the creature vanished. Um, then with a great leap of his heart, he heard hooves behind him. He whirled around and saw Hermione dashing toward him, dragging Buckbeak behind her. What did you do? She said fiercely. You said you were only going to keep a lookout. I just saved all our lives, said Harry. Get behind here, behind this bush. I'll explain. Um, did anyone see you? Haven't, I, haven't you been, uh, well, he tells the story and then she asked, did anyone see you? Yes, haven't you been listening? I saw me, but I thought it was my dad. It's okay. 
Harry, I can't believe it. You conjured up a Patronus that drove away all those Dementors. That's very, very advanced magic. I knew I could do it this time, said Harry, because I'd already done it. Does that make sense? No. I don't know, Harry. Look at... <laughs> I don't know. Harry, look at Snape. Um, so they see Snape regain yeah. consciousness. He conjured stretchers and lifted the limp forms of Harry, Hermione, and Black onto them. A fourth stretcher, no doubt bearing Ron, was already floating at his side. Um, Wand head out in front of him. He moved them away toward the castle. Right, it's nearly time, said Hermione, looking at her watch. So she did have one. Just plot doesn't make any sense. It's not making any goddamn sense. I mean, I think what it is is that we don't know the time. They don't know the exact time that they got That's where true. they were because all that shit was going on. So it's not like she can be like, well, at 4.45, Ron got dragged well, by the dog. I wasn't That's- even thinking that. I was thinking like once, I mean, obviously it's lucky that, that like Harry, that they, Harry decided to go out or whatever and be reckless as he usually is and mm-hmm. save their lives or whatever. But like they could easily have been like, all right, we just wait at Hagrid's until it's time to go get serious. Yeah. You know what I mean? Without having to look and see what's going on, you know what time they, you have to go get serious. And that was the next step. Um, yeah. But whatever, it's fine. It worked out. We found out what prongs was. We found out about Harry's Patronus, saved Harry, Hermione, and Black in the past yeah. slash present. So we're good. Um, it all worked out. Plot. We've got um, about 45 minutes until Dumbledore locks the door to the hospital wing. We've got to rescue Sirius and get back to the ward before anyone realizes we're missing. Close the time loop. Um, they <laughs> they waited, watching the moving clouds reflected in the lake. Um, Buckbeak was bored. He's like, Buckbeak is so like, I don't know what y'all are doing. I just feel like y'all need to stop dragging me around. I'm tired. I just want to yeah. see Hagrid. Um, Look, Hermione whispered, who's that? Someone coming out of the castle. Harry stared through the darkness. The man was hurrying across the grounds towards one of the entrances. McNair said, Harry, the executioner, he's gone to get the Dementors. This is it, Hermione. One thing, break. I can't see shit, even with my glasses. <laughs> Harry's glasses got some magic to them. Peering through darkness and be like, McNair. Reparo. <laughs> that spell, man. I need that in my life. <laughs> Um, ready? He was so they get on. They climb on a buckbeak. Um, <clears throat> buckbeak soared straight in the air. Harry gripped his flanks with his knees. Hermione was holding Harry very tightly around the waist. He could hear like her muttering, "Oh no, I don't like this. Oh, I really don't like this." That's me. She's to like, be honest. he was like, "I can't wait until I pass my apparition test because this ain't this ain't the no." Because it's like it looks cool right but then the whole time it's like when you're on a boat right like especially like those small ones like a canoe or a kayak or some shit mm-hmm. where you're like it looks cool but then when you're on there you're like this could tilt over at any moment yep. <laughs> i could all of a sudden be in the water it's like that it's like i could just fall off of this i'm not, i'm good yeah i wouldn't be a player <laughs> i would um, be too afraid like yo i can't i let me just stay on the ground um, Harry urged Buckbeak forward. They glided quietly towards the upper floors of the castle. He put pulled hard on the left-hand side of the rope, and Buckbeak turned. Harry was trying to count the windows flashing past. Whoa, he said, pulling backward as hard as he could. Buckbeak slowed down. They found themselves at a stop, unless you count the fact that they kept rising up and down several feet because, you know, he's a hippogriff. He's not a um, hummingbird. He can't just hover. Um, right. He's there, he said, spotting Sirius as they rose up beside the window. He reached out and Buckbeak's wing fell and was able to tap sharply on the glass. Black looked up. Harry saw his jaw drop. 
stand back. Hermione called to him, and she took out her wand. Alohomora. Oh. Going back to the basics. Yep. How? How, said Black, weakly staring at the hippogriff. Get on. There's not much time. You've got to get out of here. The Dementors are coming. McNair has gone to get them. Black placed a hand on either side of the window frame and heaved his head and shoulders out of it. It was very lucky he was so thin. In seconds, he had managed to fling one leg over Buckbeak's back and pulled himself onto the hippogriff behind Hermione. Okay, Buckbeak up. The hippogriff gave one sweep of its mighty wings, and they were soaring upwards again. Um, to the top of the West Tower, Buckbeak landed with a clatter on the battlements, and Harry Hermione slid off. Serious, you'd better go quick. They'll reach Flitwick's office any moment. They'll find out you've gone. Buckbeak pawed the ground, tossing his head, sharp head. What happened to the other boy, Ron? Croaked Sirius. Oh, it's so nice. He's like, Let's just make sure everybody's okay. Yeah, he's gonna be okay. He's still out of it, but Madame Pomfrey says she'll be able to make him better. Quick, go. The black was still staring down at Harry. How can I ever think? Go, Harry Hermione <laughs> shouted. Black will. I don't have time to be strolling around in the courtyard talking about you have your mother's eyes. Blah blah blah. They ain't got no time for that. Sirius gotta go. I'm sorry. Movie feelings. That was unnecessary. Um, oh, we'll see oh, each other again, he said. the person who spent like a whole five minutes with a soliloquy on how terrible Snape is. Wonderful. Is he not, though? I'm just saying, you can't judge me for the one that I, I just said. I'm not judging you. I'm just saying. Um, we'll see each other again, he said. You are truly your father's son, Harry. He squeezed Buck, beat sides with his heels. Harry and Hermione jumped backwards as the enormous wings rose up once more. The hippogriff took off into the air. He and his rider became smaller and smaller as Harry gazed after them. Then a cloud drifted across the moon. They were gone. One thing. Yep. Sirius didn't have to bow to Buckbeat or nothing. Well, I think that in that moment, like, he's flying. How you going to bow? You know what I mean? I And I don't think he got off either. No, I know. But I feel like when he when Buckbeat got on, he was like, oh, you with Harry. Like, same thing with Hermione, right? Like, you're good by proxy. Right. I'll I feel like at that I'll point, yeah, I think at that point he's already there. Like, yeah. what else are you going to do? I thought about that too, because I was like, logistically, <laughs> it's just, how does one go about that? <laughs> yeah, I just think that, like, Buckbeat was like, I'm just sick of your shit and I want to go away from here. Like, I'm, yeah. you pulled me and you won't let me run get back around this damn, Run around this damn, uh, around this damn grounds. Yeah, the forest and the whatever. Like, he didn't I know got, he was about to get executed. He don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. He's just like, y'all just think you can just tell me I can, where to go. Yeah. I'm out. <laughs> and the hippogriff you wrote in on. Yep. I'm out. And um, so who is your MVP? Hermione Jean Granger. Um, yeah I mean like one because like time travel and like if we could just go back to the entire book how she successfully did that for a year shout out to her for that but also just like the like again like I said it I've said it twice already but like this chapter kind of demonstrated why she was the one who was trusted to do that um and like while she initially obviously only got it to like take extra classes which is peak Hermione by the way um like the the reasons that she like got was given like access to the time turner um is also what helped them to like stay on the timetable and actually like complete this like seemingly impossible task um and also just keep harry in line because 
he would have exploded all of time and space without her. So <laughs> sorry. You know, he had he had a moment. He had a good moment where like his fuck up didn't actually fuck up, but you know. And that is why Harry's my MVP. I mean, Harry and Hermione are my MVP for all the reasons that you mentioned about Hermione, but also because Harry, because of his penchant to bend the rules or like go with his gut sometimes, um, even as Harry's like, or even as Hermione when she's hearing it is like, you could have fucked everything up. He was like, yeah, but they were going, we were going to die. And I, and I knew like, Unlike the book, like I, I knew it wasn't my dad, but, right? You know what I mean. So, um, I, and this is like the difference, I guess, between like this is the reason why I'm more Luna and not Hermione is because I do appreciate those moments in which, um, you bend or break the rules, or you step outside of your comfort zone, or you just go with your gut. Like I, I am like like I said, like 85% of the time I do kind of like to stick to what's comfortable. I don't, you know me, I don't like to leave my house. I don't like to like really do that much stuff, but there is that 15% where I'm like, why not? Mm-hmm. At the very least, it'll make a good story. It'll be a learning experience. And I think that there is something to that. Right. So who's benched? Snape and Fudge. I don't think I need to explain. No. Nope. Yeah. All right. So. Who did you bench? Oh, you didn't say. Okay. Great. That bitch ass, snitch ass, lying ass motherfucker. Yeah. Uh, thank you for listening. No. Next week, we will be discussing chapter 22, the final chapter of Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. I can't believe I'm done with this book, yo. Like, that's actually kind of like. It's That's, sad, wow. Like, but exciting. It's sad, but also like, right. it's like, I don't know. It's just, it went, I think also because like after, you know, we read Sorcerer's Stone and Chamber of Secrets, and this is like the best book of those three. Um, but also like after this, it's going to take us hella long to finish these other books. So it's just kind of <laughs> funny because I'm like, we're about to embark on the Goblet of Fire. And I've been looking at that book and I'm like, oh, this is me for like a year almost. And like, some months um much longer than this has been um yeah so yeah i'm yeah so join us for chapter 22 of harry potter and the prisoner of azkaban oh my god again um make sure to read and follow along and let us know who you think is the real mvp and who was benched for the chapter um and all other previous chapters if you haven't done those already we will still be counting them um until our live tweet of prisoner of azkaban on october 15th you can use, oh, this is a good transition. You can use the hashtag wizard team and HPPOA um, for the live tweet. And after the movie, we'll do our last episode on Prisoner of Azkaban where we recap the book and the movie and tally the real MVP and bench for the entire book. And then on October 26th, um, we will be starting Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Guys, so it took us a year, a little over a year to get here. And it's going mm-hmm. to take us a year to get through Goblet of Fire. And maybe like eight months, a little bit, a little bit less than a year, but yes. A little bit less than a year, but there's about 40 something, 50 chapters? No, 36, 36. Okay. Yeah. Um, wow. But that's, yeah. Yeah. We're going on this, we're doing this journey. Um, Make sure to check out our website, blackgirlsnerdout.com. 
And follow us on Twitter at WeBlackAndNerd, hashtag WeatherTeam, and rate and review us on iTunes. Please do that. And join our Patreon. Patreon. Yes. You can see our pretty faces and our... And see her, uh, Bayana's amazing time travel reaction. Y'all are going to get my dragon reaction on her video. Rea- like, your facial reactions not to, like, you know... So there, here's one thing. Like, you and Ami have the same face, and Ami is a walking <laughs> gift machine. So imagine, <laughs> like, how much, how giffy you are. Yeah. It's also have, really like, funny because I actually, like, the way that I, like, I get very excited. And I think part of it, like, y'all get all my facial expressions because it's Harry Potter. Because generally, like, even if I'm excited for stuff, I'm not, like, I'm, ex- like, my face is expressive, but I don't, like, ever sound excited. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh, that's, t-. I think that's the other thing, like, we were talking about last episode where you were like, you didn't like the poll idea. And part <laughs> of it is just, like, for me, I'm like, oh, that's cool. And I, like, genuinely think it's cool, but I sound like I'm, like, nonchalant about it. Like, I really don't care. Where I, when I care, I just don't work up to, you know what I mean? I'm not like, oh, my God, that's so awesome. You know what I mean? But with Harry Potter, everything is awesome. It's so many feelings. And that's like the that's like the main kind of like y'all get like the ultimate Bayana with Wizard Team. Everything is awesome. What are you doing? When you live in your dream. Oh, I'm confused. Right, and Sarah is actually playing like right now. And I, oh, I didn't know what was happening. Um, it was from the Lego movie because you said everything is awesome and then I started singing that song. Got it. Um <laughs> I just saw you dancing and I was like um, I'm confused. Um, but yeah, so y'all get like peak me because generally I'm like super shy and introverted and I don't like, I get excited about things, but like not like outwardly. So yeah. Not vocally. Not vocally. Unlike Robin. Yeah. And I'm just in a constant state of excitement. Pretty much. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> What do you mean? That's not a bad thing. It's just facts. <laughs> the way that you said it. All right, let's go. I gotta go finish Luke Cage. All right.